0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Monday to you here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rachel. Allen. I'm Eugene Benton. Going to be a great three-hour show here tonight on Southern Sports Central. We're excited to bring you a couple of solid guests from the 6:30 segment, which will be Kevin Billadu from Live 5 News. Also, of course, uh, the sports director. On top of it all, of course, with the CBS Sports affiliate here in Charleston. And then at 7:30, we go to By God, West Virginia. But we're heading to Bluefield State. That's a college up there that did an incredible job getting a lot of our young athletes an opportunity to continue to chase that dream, and that is to play college football. Of course, we'll be with the running back coach, y'all. He is the recruiter of this area, Richard Alston. He's got some connections to the Lowcountry. He'll check in with us at 730, and it will without a doubt be a, a, a segment you don't want to miss because I can promise you this. He is going to do exactly what I expect him to do, and that is educate, entertain, and bring it from 7.30 to about 8 o'clock where he'll talk to us about the guys that he did get out of the great state of South Carolina and around, uh, of course, uh, the low country where he did really well down here as well. But, you know, again, giving you guys an opportunity to learn a little bit about some of the other guys around, of course, uh, not just here in our backyard, but around the the entire landscape of college football. Because, again, you think college football, and you're always going to go into that huge conversation of, you know, the power fives and this, that, and the other. But guess what? This guy right here is giving you every reason to believe why you should never, never not look at an opportunity around. So that being said, there was a lot of activity over the weekend. Of course, Southern Sports Central was in and around the low country. started Thursday night as uh, we were over at uh, Fort Dorchester, when those guys tipped off region play as they are back under the lights in the gymnasium in the basketball world in Dorchester County, too, where they played a very good and competitive team out of Ashley Ridge, but it was all Fort Dorchester on Thursday night. Then we got in the bus. We took it over to Somerville where we watched three different teams go to the mat. That's right. Wrestling was on the menu on Friday night for us so as we, of course, were at Somerville watching Stahl, watching West Ashley, and of course, the Green Wave, who was, by the way, very dominant across the entire mat. I mean, they went and swept it all night long. And then we didn't leave Somerville. Well, we did. We left the bus in the parking lot because we came back on Saturday where we got a chance to watch the girls and the guys play over to Somerville. They hosted uh, a very good team out of stall but it was, of course, all of uh, Somerville all day long as the girls and the boys both won in, in pretty big fashion. Of course, that led us to the game yesterday, the Super Bowl. It led up to all the hype and all the madness in Tampa where the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Fireworks at halftime to, at the end of the game to Tom Brady winning the MVP. That's because he took his team to a 31-9 victory. How about Gronk with the first two touchdowns? Ryan sucker drained one from way downtown. I mean, he was almost on the other side of the 50 when he kicked it, but it was an overall lesson learned for, of course, uh, the Buccaneers giving out that throughout the night. Now, again, I thought Holmes did good. I thought Holmes did really well. I think he gained a lot of respect from a lot of others, but yet, for me, his upper body strength, his lower body ability, he was hitting guys everywhere he could to get them the ball. They were dropping it like hotcakes. And at the end of the day, you can't even throw any of this on Mahomes' shoulder. And I don't want to hear referees throughout tonight's broadcast neither because, again, so many missed opportunities by, I thought, Kansas City, who had a chance to do a lot of things. But maybe, just maybe it wasn't their night. With that being said, let's go ahead and bring in the big man who helps me behind the glass and on the world wide web, of course on twitter at s o sports central and on facebook at southern sports central There's uh Eugene man, a great night if you're a buccaneer fan and a tough night if you're a chiefs fan buddy
2: chiefs uh came into it i, I think you know well even Vegas, everybody had the chiefs favorite you no know, there were some diehard fans that uh you know, for the, for the Patriots that kind of followed the over with Tom Brady and Gronk and, you know, um, certainly Tampa Bay fans uh, were rooting for their team. But overall, the line was just close. But uh, everything I was reading and hearing up until the game kicked off uh, on the betting lines and, and favorites and whatnot really had the Chiefs to, to win. And on top of that, look at our show. Uh, people were betting, you know, 38-35. Forty-five, thirty-eight—they're you know, really high scores—and and we didn't see that. We saw the Chiefs only mustered nine, you know, three field goals. Uh, that, you know, it, it was shocking uh, to say the least. And um, you know, I, no matter who you can spend five hundred million dollars on a quarterback. I do believe that Mahomes is the greatest player in the game, presently. That's not, we're not, we're not, I'm not debating all time quarterback. Da-da-da-da-da. I think he's the greatest player in the game presently with the biggest future. Hence, a lot of other people do. Otherwise they wouldn't have given him a half a billion dollar contract with a B, uh, you know, for 10 years. Um, that said, Bill, your, your uh, $500 million quarterback can't make throws if he can't stay upright. And I think that was the biggest outcome, the biggest difference. Look at the last time these two teams played. You know, the the defensive line, the front four, didn't get the pressure that they had last night. I mean, there were several times where, you know, he wouldn't even get to his three-step drop, and someone was either poking a hand by his face or his ear hole or taking a swipe at him or or making him kind of dip that shoulder and, and duck down. And Mahomes, you know, isn't a super tall guy. Um, you know he's definitely not one of the five foot ten guys, but you know when he does that and looks for the receiver, the receiver is a little bit more into the route. The DBs had a chance to catch up to him, uh, you know, and, and all those plays that just seemed wide open all year just weren't there. Now he's the guy that can throw it into tight spaces, and he did. And let's be honest, the receivers didn't make a lot of plays. And I thought early on when they were hitting Kelsey because. It, there's no doubt what the game plan on the defensive side for Tampa Bay was. And that was to take number 10 out of the game. And they did. The last time they played, number 10 put 250 yards of offense against him. So they took him out of the game. So the next best thing I thought was to keep going to Kelsey because every time they did, other than one time, it was a success. But they've got to find. It's scary, weird to say this. But they've got to shore up the offensive line. They've got to get some depth there because injuries and, and things happen uh, for next year. Uh, I think if they do that and, you know, maybe get another catcher or two, uh, they'll be fine. Um, Bashar, uh, Bashar Breland has been a great DB out of Clemson. He's had a great career so far. Um Having him match up against uh, Mike Evans is just a nightmare matchup anyway for pretty much anybody. I think uh, I think Mike's something like six foot five and a half, you know, two hundred and forty pounds. He's that weird freak hybrid tight end guy, kind of like uh, you know the young man there at uh, University of Florida, just like uh, New Orleans has had, uh, and presently um, you know uh, Jared from um, who played in South Carolina. DBs a five foot eleven. I don't care how physical, how fast they are. They're they're not going to be able to play, especially across the middle, with a five foot. You know, I mean, excuse me, a six foot five, six foot six, that hybrid tight end guy who can just body them out. I mean, you don't. And that's why you know an eighth grader playing varsity football. You know, in a in a position like offensive defensive line, you're not going to be able to win those body type matchups. So I think they do have a couple of things to shore up. I think, you know, still as young as this team is, I think that um uh Kansas City's built for the long haul. But uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you we're you muggled us back here behind the glass, so we can't comment on any uh refereeing issues. Uh so we'll just leave it at that. It was a good game. It was great to see the specialist on my end from South Carolina do well. Uh suck up, made some pretty big time kicks. Uh Bradley Penyan did as well. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Butker on the other side uh, from Georgia Tech did his job for Kansas City. So, I enjoyed that part. I really enjoyed seeing Larry, uh, Leonard Burnett uh, getting a Super Bowl ring as well. Um, I think it's a big comeback story for him personally, uh, the way things ended in Jacksonville. So, overall, uh, thumbs up. Uh, the halftime entertainment wasn't a win or a lose for me. Uh, I was glad they took the approach they did. Um, with the artists that they did I thought was a, more of a middle-of-the-road um, type type show, and I I didn't have any qualms with it. So, uh, overall, um, it was an okay Super Bowl for me, uh, mainly because neither one of my team, so I really didn't have a vested interest. You know, if the Saints were playing and they won, of course, I'd be sitting here saying it's the greatest Super Bowl ever. So, uh, that being said, I just think that um, it, it was a pretty good game. Uh, overall, I wish it was more scoring. I wish it was a closer game, you know, just for the energy and just for the, you know, to sit on the end of your uh, seat, excitement level. But overall, I don't have a whole lot of complaints about it.
1: Well, you know, the the play of the game wasn't even during the actual play of the game. And here it is. And listen to the play by play. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this.
3: three to go. Someone is run on the field.
1: was the highlight of the whole Super Bowl. I wasn't really overwhelmed with the with the excitement from of course the uh from from the commercials. I thought they could have been better, you know, but I understand, you know, the halftime commercial, you know, that they were they were and then halftime show, excuse me. You know, there was a lot of things inside there that, that you know, uh, I challenge you to go back and watch again. There was a lot of messages throughout, you know, um that entire performance that you have to maybe kind of Either A, you know, understand, you know, be educated a little bit, understand kind of where, uh, you know, he's coming from in a lot of different parts that he was going through. Uh, but, but nevertheless, uh, you know, again, you know, hey, look, we had a Super Bowl. We didn't know we were going to have a Super Bowl. Not a lot of people did. But one thing we did get was a streaker. And to be honest with you, I thought Kevin Harlan, who, of course, is that with the CBS, TNT, Westwood One, uh, covers normally. Uh, the, the basketball world, but I thought he covered that that the all the way from the gentleman coming on the field to breaking it down to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, got him almost to the one. And I don't know whether if you're the Chiefs, if you're trying to get that guy a contract because he actually had more yards than anybody else on your team did on the ground, or or if you want to ta- if you want to go try to find out who that big man is that that stopped him at the one, right, the security guard who kept him from getting inside the end zone, which we did throw our challenge flag, and it was reviewed, and, of course, the play standed. He didn't get in the end zone, but to me, that's that's fun stuff, man. I'm glad nobody was hurt, and I get there could be some, you know, unfortunately, the guy's probably going to – he probably will get some endorsements out of this one, uh, and it looked like he had some type of shirt on at one point or something on his chest. Eugene, I'm not 100% sure of it, and really dial in and, and, and of course, um, zoom in on the guy. But, you know, to me, I thought that was amazing where they just picked it up like nothing happened. Of course, if you were watching it there on TV, they wouldn't give the guy any camera time. They went to a commercial. But, but thank God we have the social media world that we actually got a chance to watch this dude. And he, he actually cut between two uh, tacklers, right? Let's call them tacklers. <laughs> and uh, was able to get free. I thought that, again, uh, I thought his run game was a heck of a lot better than the run games of the Chiefs. But, you know, overall – You come out of this thing at 31-9 win. If you're the Buccaneers, you don't have far to go to go to Disney World. It's just a a hop and a skip over an interstate that's going to go eastbound from Tampa to Orlando. So that's going to be kind of neat. But to me, you know, somebody said this on on social media, and and they didn't cuss. They said, cuss you, New England Patriot fans, for making me not like Tom Brady. Because I like Tom Brady. I don't know if I I didn't like him as much at New England, and maybe it's because – yeah, he's back on it. He was doing what he's doing now, but at least now he's doing it with a different team. It's kind of like putting Jimmy Johnson back in the day in a couple of different, you know, uh, sponsored cars. You might like him a little more as well if you're a NASCAR guy. But, you know, watch the just the way Tom Brady is. And and then you saw him get into it with the Honey Badger. He didn't back down. The Honey Badger kind of came at him. and He said, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I thought that was interesting. And, of course, there was some other bantering going on where – um you know, you had the defender going against one of the best receivers from Kansas City. They kind of got into a little conversation. But then there were the offense and the defensive line, which I mentioned on the show last week, Eugene. I said, look, if, if, Fournette has, if Leonard Fournette has the, the night that he had last night, then then they would win. You know, I did pick them to win, by the way. I didn't think it was going to only be nine points that the, the Kansas City would put up. And I actually had it a little bit more of a 49-38 win for the uh, for the Buccaneers, I just think it's hard to go against a guy. And you saw last well two weeks ago, the Gronk was starting to warm up a little bit. Then they had you know a guy that's from the, the area down, I believe Brown, that's from that south side of Miami or down in that area, who again was not a very highly ranked recruited guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's kind of a a, a diamond in the rough. I think coming out of high school. Same thing for Tom Brady, right? I mean, there was a lot of conversations and a lot of different things that came out of last night's game. And, oh, by the way, Tampa, the first team to ever win a Super Bowl in their own backyard, there was that conversation. But, again, I, I, of course, the history. How about the history of the, the referees, the female referee there that was able to do some things. You saw on the Tampa Bay side, look at the history there with the amount of African-American coaches that were there and uh, did their thing And to be honest with you, you know, you got to give credit to the defensive coordinator who got a ton of, uh, you know, stops when he needed to. But it wasn't in the lack of what Mahomes did not do. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've watched football for a long time. And i got to tell you, I've seen Brett Favre, and I'm a big Packers fan, so that means, of course, I'm a big Brett Favre fan. But this guy looks a little bit more and more like Brett Favre, but able to swing it down the field and find a receiver that just happens to be open. I mean, this dude was going down multiple times, and he looked like a baseball pitcher coming down the mound with his arm going at different angles. I mean, it was really impressive, and it's something for the future that you have to look at. And then look at the other side. I think what, Tom Brady's been in 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven Super Bowls, right? I mean, Super Bowls have there been, Eugene, and he's been in 10 of them, and he's won seven of them. Man, there's a lot to digest here on our show tonight when it comes to the Super Bowl. And I know we got a lot of other things that we'll get into and, uh, of course, we're going to get in here with Kevin do. They've got high school basketball that's uh, tipping off already here tonight. The girls are underway around the low country and around the state because they start at 6. Diversity boys usually start about an hour and a half later. And, uh, of course, he's going to be heading somewhere, covering something uh, here tonight. I know across the low country there's a lot of action. Across the state of South Carolina there's a lot of action happening because this is the final week huh, of high school basketball because they start – playoff action next week, and we're going to try to go and cover some action next week. We may get into a game on Wednesday night. Stay tuned to that. I don't think we will at this point after some conversations earlier, Eugene, but we're going to do whatever we can do, and and again, we're going to open the opportunity if they would like us to come and do a live show there why there's a game. We can do that as well. So, uh, Just a lot to uncover, and again, the Super Bowl will be the main course tonight. If you want to call in and, and tell us your thoughts, We'd love to hear from you. You know, there's that conversation as well. I do believe uh we've got a caller already. How about this? Hanging out on the eight four three. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. Who's with us?
0: What's up to Godfather? Oh, hold on to Godfather
1: checking in from Edison Beach. Tom Brady picks up number seven on, out of ten. Hold on, hold on, for, on one second.
0: Good numbers, hold on one buddy. second, Mr. Hey Richie, hold on one second, okay?
1: Okay, buddy.
0: So sorry, man, Tom Brady's going to another touchdown.
1: <laughs> I was thinking myself. Only you can call and put me on hold on the radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, did you know that guy? That, did they shrink it? Was that a cousin of yours? That guy looked pretty good. You what, guys might need to sign him in Clemson. <laughs> he looked pretty. He looked pretty quick, man.
0: Hey, did you did you see the tackle?
3: Uh.
0: Uh-uh. So the so the sheriff Officer attacking him. Made a good tackle at the goal line. And oh the yeah, I did he see the team. tackle. Yeah. Yeah, where the Kennedy City Chiefs offered him a contract because you know they, <laughs> the they you should it. Rare form. <laughs> but, 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 but let me but let me ask had you this, But then they had to renege. You know why? They had How's to pull that? it back. You know why? Why
3: that?
0: Because he had a clock out and go home because it was targeting.
1: It was targeting. Yeah, very He had to clock out and go home. automatic ejection. Let me ask you this, Godfather. Now, let's be honest, yes. all right? There was a lot of balls that were dropped last night, all right? The secondary got very lucky. When, If you ask me in secondary-wise, I thought the defensive front and the linebacker for Tampa was all over the field. I mean, those two linebackers were constantly paying uh, conversation pieces to Holmes, and the gentleman on the right side, if I'm looking at the line, it's actually the left side of, uh, of, the, uh, of the Buccaneers. He was constantly getting around uh, his guy. But secondary-wise, man, you, you know, Mahomes was finding guys open, man. They were just not able to catch the balls, man. What, I know a win's a win. I get it, man. But, but what's your thoughts was, on that part of it?
0: It was not Mahomes' fault. What it was, he had no O-line. I mean, the O-line just shut down. I don't know what happened. Right. I mean, he had no the, he had no protection. And you can't right, win. Yeah, I mean, pressure. Mahomes can't win. Mahomes, one guy, He got the, you know, the other guys in the field, you know, he can't win the whole game by himself.
1: Very true, and he did that by the way after suffering a concussion, right, a couple of weeks back. And, and he, he also, and he if angry, I'm not mistaken, he got turf toe.
0: I think ankle, ankle, or toes something. He was limping the whole game.
1: Yeah, we I had mean, turf toe. I think he's got a turf toe. I think that's, I think that's the thing. And they can't do anything but that until after the season. So you see him kind of looking like a wounded warrior. But I got to tell you, man, he, uh, he, he, he literally left everything on the field as far as Kansas City is concerned.
0: Um. You know I'm a Tom Brady guy through and through. You know that.
1: That you are. And he got the
0: MVP. And, and he got the MVP. Mm-hmm. But I think the MVP should have been split between the whole defense.
1: What about your other boys, though? What about your other guy over there? You tied in. That no, the first no. He, I'm, I'm,
0: getting, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> he threw three touchdowns, right? Right. Two were to Gronk and one was to AD. I mean – Patriots connections. I mean,
1: I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I really did. I thought that it was a very – overall, there were so many key matchups in this ballgame, Godfather, that when you look at, you know, tight end versus tight end, you saw receivers versus great receivers, quarterbacks, there's the storyline, against great – you know, that and the other. But here was the key, is that Tampa Bay topped, what, five in the in, in the NFL offensively? If mm-hmm. you go look at the defense for the Chiefs, they're nowhere to be found. I don't even know. And, of course, uh, Eugene, mm-hmm. you can try to search, where, see where they came into this game, but I don't even think they were in the top – anywhere top one or two tiers of defense. So, that right there kind of tells you the story. You know, that wasn't a Buffalo Bills team they you, saw last night. And, again, you know, you know, uh, a, a very high-powered offense ran by your boy Brady. You just
0: – you just brought up a good point. That reminded that me of something I hold last night. When mm-hmm. Tampa Bay got Tom Brady, he was the – it has the highest winning percentage and still does anyone in all four major sports. Okay, mm-hmm. and when Con Brady went to Tampa, they had the lowest winning percentage out of anyone in all four sports. I'm not saying it's either. all him, but I mean, what what a year, different year makes.
1: Well, and it didn't hurt to have Brown there to be able to throw it around either. I mean, he no, had so no, many weapons drunk. to throw to. Yeah, he had so many guys oh, yeah. to throw it to. So for me, just think about it this way, Godfather. When you when you look at the the final thing here with Tom Brady, of course, he didn't stretch the field much, but with twenty one, I think it was what twenty one for twenty nine on the passing, two hundred one yards, yeah. with three touchdowns. But, I mean, to me, that's crazy. Was passes, he was sacked just one like that. time. That's it. What's that?
0: It was short passes. I mean, he didn't have many yards. Like he didn't have like a lot of throwing. You know, like they were short passes. Which, 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 hey, I ain't complaining about that, but just, you know, he didn't have – normally he has more yards, but he was good.
1: Well, at the end of the day, you know what he is? He's a Super Bowl champion. He's got seven rings. He's done it ten times. They've got 50-plus Super Bowls, and he's been in ten of them. So that's me you the kind of guy he is. And, of course, he's a – he did what he needed to do.
0: He's the GOAT. What can you say, man?
1: And you know what? I mean, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, he he might not have got the MVP of of the year. Of course, I went to another guy that I think is an amazing quarterback over at Green Bay. But when it comes down to being the MVP oh, last oh, night, you convenient. know, I, I think they could have, huh?
0: How convenient you get you slip my band. I
1: I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy? So they had Vince Lombardi last night right before the end of the game, and you know, every Green Bay Packer fan kind of had a moment there watching him come out because they were talking about the trophy and. And all of that stuff there. But, you know, we got to do what we got to do because I got to be honest with you, man. I'm hoping some of the rumors that I hear, um, some of the rumors that I hear that, that we're going to be getting some pretty big names coming to Green Bay next year. But tonight, it's your night, Godfather. Uh, you're quickly, Eugene, before we cut the Godfather out, you, you got some numbers oh. for me there, big guy. Read out the numbers on the defense for uh, Kansas City. And this, by the way, guys, is going to help you under, uh, understand why they gave up the points they did. And, and it helps you understand a little
2: bit more why Tampa only gave up nine. Eugene, what you got, buddy? Tampa Bay was ranked the number six defense in the uh, of, of all teams in the regular season, and Kansas City was ranked number, uh, let's see, Tampa Bay was six and Kansas City was 16 uh, during the regular mm-hmm. season. In the playoffs uh, coming into the game, Kansas City was ranked five and Tampa Bay was six. So, Tampa Bay kind of been a top-tier defense all year. Uh, Kansas City did step it up. But, again, you know, Buffalo is a good defense, but it was a first-time quarterback in the playoffs. You know, it, it seems overall, obviously, Tampa Bay played a much harder schedule to get to the Super Bowl when you look at the quality of the teams, you know, with the uh, offenses that they face, You know, the, Tampa Bay faced them back-to-back weeks at the Saints, who were a very, very good team offense and defense, and, of course, Green Bay, who was one of the best teams in the whole league this year offensively. So, uh, you know, when it mattered, they they held true with their uh, defensive prowess uh, being Tampa Bay. Uh, And also they did it against much higher competition uh, in the playoffs. So just kind of do
1: the numbers real quick, Godfather, before we cut you loose, buddy. But your boy Brady went 21 for 29, 201 yards and three touchdowns. On the other side, Mahomes, 26 for 49. But here's the catch and the caveat. A lot of those catches I are do. not catches should have been caught. You and one ready?
0: last thing. What I heard the announcers yep. say, they, um, they said, you know, as of right now, Tom's the GOAT, which is yeah, obvious. When, and they said, um, you know, we're not – and I agree. They said, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's a heck of a player. I mean, and they said, yeah. we're not saying it can't be done. But as of right now, to be the GOAT, here have to win eight Super Bowls because Tom has the head to head matchup.
1: Sure. And, and and that's a fair now, statement. Now, does he now get that's a, I don't really see it. change because yeah. so they
0: can meet next year and Kansas City could win.
1: Yeah, but, but fortunately, if you heard your boy last night said he's coming back to Tampa, now that could have been Jimmy oh, Bowles. Oh, I don't think so.
0: He, he he said that at the beginning of the year he's coming back.
1: Yeah. Well, Godfather man. I would, if love, you to win him, tonight, I would love to see him. I would
0: love you know, get ten wins? That'd be awesome. But I don't know if that's gonna happen. Well,
1: it wouldn't be good but for listen,
0: your uh, New England Patriots, buddy. Well. Oh, one last thing, cool fact: New England Patriots yeah. and the Pittsburgh Steelers are tied for the most Super Bowl wins at six. Tom Brady got seven. How I mean, about that. Wow. <laughs> Listen, you guys wow. have a great show, and the
4: Godfather out.
1: Look at there, the Godfather checking in on a beautiful Monday night here in Charleston, South Carolina, guys. We got to take a break. We got to get the bus opened up and let the big man, Kevin Villadue from Live 5 News, he is the sports director over there, and he's also part of that CBS Sports affiliation here for the Lowcountry, guys. We'll catch up. Right after this, with the big great one, Kevin Billadue, right out of this. Guys, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to everybody here live on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yelton alongside Eugene Benton, the Godfather, all the way down there in Edison Beach, checking in with us for just a few. As He's a big-time Tom Brady fan, a loyal and obsessive Clemson fan, and he loves, well, he loves, of course, uh, the New England Patriots. So, of course, a lot of Patriot fans last night were really happy, and uh, we'll find out about another guy that's a big-time Brady fan as we give him a proper introduction. We got him on the bus all the way from uh, West Ashley, Live 5 News, very own. Let's give him that introduction.
5: Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Rolling from town to town and all around and he joins us here tonight on Southern Sports Central It is Kevin Billadude. Dr. Kev, what's going on, buddy? How's Monday night treating you in the low country, buddy? Seven-time
6: champion, baby! <laughs> I tell you, man, there's every fan that's ever been a New England fan. Was that kind of the thing? You guys have an
1: old chat room last night, but y'all were in there just eating this thing up. Because you're the second, by the way, gentleman's call tonight. Just super stoked about this guy picking up seven, seven Super Bowl rings, man. That's impressive. I don't care who you are.
6: Man, here's the thing. I was taking a lot of heat on Twitter last night, people saying, you know, these aren't the Patriots playing and you're a Patriots fan. What are you doing? Listen, here's the deal. Tom Brady is probably responsible for, like, 10 of the 20 greatest moments of my life, you know, not just hit, like, my personal life, like, of my 20 favorite things that ever happened, Tom Brady's probably in half of them. So if I got to root for that guy to play for whoever – I'm going to root for him to win another Super Bowl. So that's what I'm doing.
1: Hanging out with the big man, Dr. Kevin Village, Live 5 News. Of course, the big-time man that uh, represents uh, the CBS Sports World down here in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, i, I got to ask you this question. You heard the great play-by-play. I'm sure you heard it like I did today or actually last night when that gentleman went for about 57 yards last night, which was, by the way, more than anybody in Kansas City all night long. And then, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, dude, they give him a contractor? they give the, the the guy who I found out he actually got hit for targeting, the security guard that tackled him at the one. But either way, both of those guys, other than Mahomes, were the best three uh, other than anybody in a Tampa uniform last night.
6: Man, my thing is shout-out to those security guys because – you know, those guys have been sitting there waiting to make a hit for years, just since whenever they stopped playing football. Those guys have just been itching to make a hit. And, and thanks to that idiot who ran onto the field, they got their chance last night, too. Yeah.
1: Now, I tell you what, it's so much to kind of cover in, in a short time, but I do want to talk some high school stuff, so I won't stay long on the Super Bowl, the 31 9 win. Tampa Bay, a lot happened last night, Kev. We'll kind of dissect it quickly here. Number one, Tampa wins for the first time of hosting a Super Bowl. Number two, the, the, the female referee that made her debut and I thought did an incredible job. Tampa Bay, I would say almost the entire staff, African-Americans on, on, on that front, that also made history last night. You had Tom Brady making history last night. Gronk, first two touchdowns, thanks to that man, who had retired just a year or so ago, right? I mean, and then Av who had not won any Super Bowls, Prior to playing last night, wasn't even highly recruited. Very similar to Tom Brady, if I'm not mistaken. Made a big impact just by being on the field. And actually, I thought had a pretty solid game overall. Not just catching with blocking, which you don't get a lot of credit as a receiver, but just so many highlights last night that were made. Your thoughts overall when it came down to it from the news desk or the sports desk over there at Line 5?
6: Yeah, I, I really thought, you know, we talked for the two weeks going into this game about how cool it was that Tampa was the first team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium and I I really thought, you know, considering how much we talked about it, it kind of got glossed over during the game that, you know, they weren't just playing this game in their home stadium, they got to stay at home for the 2 weeks and get ready and, you know, they didn't have to travel like Kansas City did and, you know, somebody mentioned yesterday before the game, you know, Tom Brady got to sleep in his own bed on Saturday night and and watch film for as late as he wanted to and and not have to worry about anything else other than just getting ready for this game. And, you know, it it seems like a little thing, but I really think that's one of the things that that probably helped them more than anything was, you know, not having to worry about travel and and tickets and all that kind of stuff and, and just being able to focus on the game, which Kansas City wasn't able to do.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, but then you saw what Mahomes was able to do. And, again, let, let's take a little bit of, of, uh, off of off Tampa and give a little bit of love, number one, to the kicker in, in Kansas City because without him, uh, man, they don't have any points, by the way. And uh, then you yeah. look at Mahomes, man. This guy had turf toe. He had had a concussion weeks prior to. I mean, this guy really left it all on the field. And to see the pitcher come out of him, because you saw that, by the way, he was able to shift his arms, you know, release in different areas, very similar you see with – these professional baseball players, you know, just his ability to be going down and still hitting these things at 95 mile an hour fastballs, man. Your thoughts of, uh, of
6: Mahomes going forward as he is probably the, the new up and coming uh, GOAT in training. I mean, what he can do on the field is incredible. And, you know, he, he was playing with a, a patched together offensive line last night going up against one of the best defensive lines in, in the league. And all he had – all he could do all night was just run around and try to buy himself time. And, you know, the, the, that D-line for Tampa was so good that it allowed the rest of the defense to stay back and, you know, double team Hill and, and keep a, another guy on, on Kelsey to make sure he wasn't doing anything. So, you know, Mahomes did all he could in this one. But, you know, there's, there's just not any one guy, whether it's Mahomes or Brady or anyone, that can, that can go out and win a game by himself. And we saw that last night. Now, now here's the, the, the insight. We just
1: shared this, by the way, over there on S.O. Sports Central. My boy Eugene behind the glass putting it together. From what we've gained, and Eugene, chime in if you need to, but uh, the streaker made $374,000 last night, and I think it only cost him $1,000 in bail money. Is that right, Eugene?
2: Yeah, he actually made a prop bet that there would be a streaker uh, that would make it down the field during the game. Uh, he set it up with his buddy. His buddy went first as a distraction. Uh, he bet, again, he bet and uh, he cleared 375000 It was $1,000 to get out of jail and bail money uh, and fines. Therefore, he profited on his bet $374,000. Hey, wow. I, I was
6: sin calling this <laughs> I was sin calling this guy an idiot. He is now the smartest guy I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I mean, wow. So, there you go. I mean, again...
1: Hey, look! It, it, don't hate. They say what? Don't hate the. Don't hate the. Don't hate the player, hate the game because that dude did yeah. both. Man, he got paid in, in big fashion. I mean, did he? He might have made more money than. That's some pretty big money, man. I mean, Kevin, I'm gonna ask you. You got that kind of? You got that kind of outfit to go run across that field next year, or what? Dude, for three
6: hundred and seventy-five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> put me, in, you, put, me in a, Bo, put me in a little Bo Peep costume. I don't care.
2: <laughs> Technically, he made more money in that game than any player who played in the game because the uh, guys' salaries are not tied to the postseason. Postseason checks, oh. and of course, the winning uh, the Super Bowl checks and of are, are divvied up by the NFL. Their actual salaries are for the regular season. Uh, I believe the winning team gets a bonus of something like 150 grand per player, and the losing team gets 50 or 75, something like that. So, he actually made more than any player who played in the game.
1: This guy wow. is a hero. That's- <laughs> he is now the GOAT, by the way. He is taking some of that yeah. for many of us here. I mean, you know, the guy said, pull up your pants and take off your bra. He said, I will, but let me get that check first, and then I'll yeah, go home and change. But <laughs> not to mention the shoe endorsement that guy just got. You know somebody's giving oh that Oh, my gosh. In- 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 Man. Now, Kevin. I know we don't have you long, so let's change it over a little bit. Let's head into the, the high school conversation because there's two fronts. Number one, I had the chance this past weekend to catch up with a couple of different teams. One of them, of course, I watched Ashley Ridge in the fort. That was on Thursday. Saturday, I went over and watched uh, Somerville take on Stalk, and it was the first time I had a chance to watch the, the high school side of it from Charleston County where these guys are having to wear a mask. Even in the wrestling arena, I watched it Friday night, same thing. Saul and Wes actually had to have masks on. And, Kev, I've got to be honest, man, second period, fourth period, big difference because you can see these kids starting to get winded a little bit. Your your thoughts on on the mask rule going forward? I mean, to me, it it seems to be a little dangerous with with a lot of things at play here, and it does seem to give a little bit of an advantage to the other schools who don't have to wear this mask.
6: It does, and, you know, I understand it from CCSD's point, you know, they're, they're trying to cover their bases and and as well, they should, because, you know, if, if any of these kids, you know, contract anything and, you know, they could be liable for that. And so, you know, from their perspective, I understand them absolutely wanting to take every precaution and, and as well, they should, I I would actually, I would rather see every district make that mandatory than, than, you know, than not in, you know, but, but that's just me. And, you know, like I said, it, it definitely is an advantage for the schools that aren't doing it uh, in each game, but then it could be a disadvantage down the road, you know, if, if they're playing without the masks and they contract something, and then all of a sudden their season comes to an end.
1: Now, the other thing we got from a good friend of yours and mine, of course, is Andy Pruitt, and that is that he confirmed that most CCSD teams will only face region in district other CCSD teams during the regular season. There may be exceptions based on the availability or the lack thereof region slash intradistrict opponents for certain teams in certain sports. Now, this came out concerning what we had heard last, I think, Thursday night. I got a heads up from an athletic director that that they would not be allowed to play teams out into that Charleston area. So, your thoughts on that? And, of course, them looking at only keeping it within a region as well as Charleston County uh, controlled environment.
6: Yeah, I actually talked to Andy about that also earlier this afternoon. Uh, you know, same kind of thing. You know, just you know, trying to do their best to to keep the kids from coming in contact with as many people as possible. So this way, you know, you keep them in their region and you keep them only playing other teams from Charleston. So you know, it it could be a good thing. You know, less travel for them to worry about, and you know, there there's probably gonna you're going probably gonna see a lot more uh, of you know, matchups against bigger teams against smaller teams in baseball. You know, you might see a Wando taking on, uh, you know, more teams from, from the 2A uh, class and maybe even 1A, just trying to get as many games in as they can. So, you know, it's another one of those things where it, it's not ideal, but it's, it's kind of the thing we're all dealing with right now when we're all just trying to get through this as, as healthily as we can. So it's, it's just one of those sacrifices we're going to have to make for hopefully just this, this last season.
1: Wrapping up here quickly, Kevin Milladou on the road, heading somewhere maybe near you here in the Low Country. He is with Live5 News. He's the best in the biz, as well as the connection to CBS Sports here in the Low Country. Now, Kev, uh, this is kind of a cram session here for a lot of teams uh, in the Low Country, as you see. Dorchester County is going to be playing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I guess a lot of teams are because uh, they've got some type of a, a playoff or some type of uh, contest. After these games are done, there's different scenarios for different regions and different sizes. But your, your thoughts, and you kind of wrap this all into where you're heading tonight. As uh, this week's going to be jam full, and I hopefully
6: your gas tank will be as well. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy week. And then uh, you know, I know the one region in 5A that that includes Somerville uh, and and Stahl and, and Fort Dorchester and Ashley Ridge. Uh, they're playing a tournament next week to to decide who the two playoff teams are going to be moving forward to the state championship uh, playoffs the, the following week. So that's an interesting way to do it. And, you know, I know the, uh, the other five, a region in the low country, they're not going to do that. They're just going to keep playing their regular season out and, and let whoever the two teams that finished atop the standings, they'll move on to the playoffs. So it, it's two different ways of thinking of it. You know, I, I do like the tournament setting, it, you know, it, it fits the more games in and it makes things a little bit more exciting, but you know, by doing that, you kind of make the regular season maybe mean a little bit less. So, you know, a team that has a good regular season, you know, might get knocked out in that first day just having a bad game. Or they could have some guys, you know, not able to play because of, of the pandemic or, or whatnot. It's interesting both ways. But, you know, the important thing that I think everyone needs to realize is we've got high school basketball back. We're playing it this week, hopefully next week. And then the, the playoffs starts. So hopefully, you know, over the course of the next four weeks or so, we can get this season wrapped up and then start worrying about the guys in the spring.
1: Now, don't forget, we've got wrestling happening as well, Kevin. I, I watched that on Friday night, and, and i got to tell you something. Somerville did a really good job. They have three mats. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch a little bit of wrestling, but they've got three mats, and they rotate between the three. While they go to one, then they go to mat two. Where they're at mat two, they're cleaning off mat number one, and they kind of follow that drill throughout, back and forth. Now, the thing that I saw the hardest part was the team – like Stahl, they had four wrestlers, which meant they forfeited all the other weight classes, which kind of puts them as a team as a disadvantage. But I guess, and I'm not a big wrestling information guy, but I guess that weight class, he or she, will be able to prevail. Now, your thoughts quickly on the wrestling format.
6: Do You think it works through? Yeah, I, again, it's, you know, same thing as basketball. Like I was saying, it's not ideal. And, it you know, it's probably not the best way to get through a season, but it's, it's a way to get through a season. And I think that's the thing that, we're all concerned about right now is just making sure these kids get a chance to, to play and, and just finish the right. season any way they can. So I'm all for that. All right. Now talking
1: about playing and all for that, you're all for heading into a gym here in just a few seconds. I heard the car crank or pull up and uh, you're going to roll <laughs> in. Where's uh, where Where's uh Where's the team heading tonight? And what's uh, what's happening tonight at 11 for you guys to recap all that's happening around the low country, buddy.
6: Yeah, we're going to try to make some uh, a few stops tonight. I'm walking into West Ashley right now. They're hosting Somerville. Uh, the Green Wave girls ranked fourth in the state in 5A. So
3: mm-hmm.
6: we're going to have ha- some highlights from them as well as the boys and then make it over to Goose Creek where they're hosting Berkeley and hopefully get the stall as they play for Dorchester. So it should be, should be a busy night.
1: Should be, buddy. God bless. Take care. I, I promise you I wasn't going to keep you long, man. But uh, congratulations on your win last night with your – with your uh, quarterback there, and uh, let me know when you're ready to go out. And, and I'll either be the decoy or I'll be the front guy. Whichever one you want to do next year, Kevin. you just got to let me know. You just got to get me out if we get if we get caught or when we get caught.
6: Deal, deal. Let's get ready. I'm going to start working out just right, get buddy. ready.
1: <laughs> you got it, man. Appreciate it, Kev. Enjoy the night.
6: All right. Talk to you later. All
1: right, guys. There you go. Kevin to do the best in the biz. You can always find him right here locally. Over there at Live 5 News, uh, again, Kevin does an incredible job. It's one of, to me, you know, as a small kid growing up uh, in in the Myrtle Beach all the way down to Georgetown area, you know, you had the the signature shows. You know, you had the signature broadcast. And it was always Charlie Hall. If Charlie Hall said it, you better put a stamp on it. You better prepare yourself for it. Debbie Chart, of course, uh, she did an amazing job in her role. He had Warren Pepper, who, of course, I interned with Warren Pepper, by the way, back in my college days down here in Charleston. Uh, he did a, a, an amazing work. And then Bill Sharp. Oh, boy. Bill actually has come on the show before, we got to get him back in here very soon. But, I mean, those were the, the crew, right? That was the original, you know, Anchorman, if you would, uh, before the show Anchorman came out, uh, as you uh, saw some of the electrifying, but yet the ratings that, that just continue to, to climb with this, TV station over there, Channel 5. And Kevin Belladue's done a great job. His, his guy does a good job with him as well. And, of course, they cover and smother the, uh, the low country. But, uh, you know, he's uh, at the game tonight. As you mentioned, West Ashley is it's senior night over there at West Ashley. We wish uh, both teams the best of luck, a lot of safety throughout the night. As the girls at Somerville, top-ranked team in the state, very good, by the way. And uh, we may actually hear from that head basketball coach tonight at 8 o'clock from Somerville. Depends how the game ends, I would imagine, but uh, I invited him to come in uh, tonight at 8 o'clock if he needs, if he can, and and talk about tonight. But uh, they're very good. They're very fast. Uh, The girls uh, rebound extremely well at Somerville. In and out, substituting the bench is very solid for him as well. So he's got a lot of things going for uh, Coach Long. You know, to be honest with you, that game right there should be uh, an interesting one. That's the only team I haven't seen. Out of the district, it's Summerfield and Asheridge and Fort Sand and Salt. Uh, I've seen all the other four, but West Ashley, we'll we'll get a chance to uh, possibly see them on Wednesday night. But uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But, you know, again, high school basketball, it's underway. We'll be in the playoffs here in just a few weeks. And, uh, again, just hoping and praying that everything works itself out. But, Eugene, let's go back to this billion-dollar, million-dollar, what-have-you conversation, man. This dude really honestly – Inks, without a doubt, a a, a man sitting at a pretty good spot right now. And, again, I mentioned the endorsements. I would imagine a shoe company is probably going to take care of them. You know, could you imagine a football team possibly taking a chance on him? The guy had some pretty good moves. Let's be honest. At the 45, I mean, he he went in between two pretty solid tacklers that uh, he was able to get in between.
2: Yeah, you know, he did have some moves. Now, if you look at the picture, because we shared a picture of the guy on our – On our Twitter page, uh, apparently he took some photographs at a bar before the Super Bowl. Uh, So there are some, it sounds like some some of his crew members knew what was up. Uh, When you see him without the shirt off, you know, he's not, he doesn't look like the most athletic guy. So I guess that, you know, the whole whole body type can be deceiving. You know, Tom Brady was never considered, you know, some uh, fit and buff guy either. You know, you don't see him with pictures of his shirt off like he did Gronk and some of the other guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's got moves he can play. We've seen, uh, you know, a team signed a, a beer truck driver once um, who ended up uh, returning a ton of kicks in the NFL for touchdowns. So you never know. But um, this guy's probably going to make the talk show circuit, so he'll pick up some bucks there. He's already has 374000 in his pocket. So he's probably definitely going to be – uh, the most popular guy in his hometown for a while, so we'll definitely see if he gets picked up anywhere else. Possibly, you know, some running shoes uh, uh, deal, maybe something of clothing or something like that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you could probably, I, I can envision someone putting him on a commercial with a dare to dream because he had a dream of uh, winning the bet, and uh, you know, he plotted it out, planned it out. He was a little bold, little brave. He took a hit for it on national TV. Uh, But, again, you know, sometimes uh, those bruises and things, uh, you know, you can buy a lot of ice and a lot of Tylenol with $374,000 and maybe a nice new home to sit in and bask in your uh, uh, glory while you uh, ice down those uh, bruises.
1: Yeah, and just to kind of give you an idea here, and when you look at the box scores here of everything, you look at the rushing yards, right, for Kansas City. Their leading rusher had 64 yards. He had every bit of fifty cent he might as a matter of fact, from the time he hit from the sideline to the to the actual being on the field, I'm pretty sure in that one run alone he had over seventy five yards when you i mean that's that's pretty
2: pretty pretty fair to say wouldn't you yeah, I totally agree with that it's uh <laughs> you know but then again, you know he didn't have um he had a pretty good head start it wasn't like he was handed a ball and he had that monstrous uh front four Uh, coming after him like Mahomes did and the running backs there for uh, Kansas Mm. City. So, you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. You know, like you said, he used his his homeboy was kind of a distraction to kind of get him into open field. But, you know, I mean, he had a better plan for getting in the open field than the Chiefs did because that was kind of their plan in the first time these two teams met and they got it to to, uh, number 10 and uh, he got in the open field and uh, turned it into about 250 yards of offense. They tried the orbit. They tried throwing it in the backfield. They tried every which way they could to get him into the open field in space with the ball, and, and this, the Bucks just weren't having I mean, the defensive coordinator no. for the Bucks. it was a, you know, shame on me once, shame on me, shame on me twice. It's not going to happen. I mean, he just – he did not let it happen. He shut down that offense. And, you know, it was a great chess match between Eric Bien-Ami and uh and, and uh, I believe it was Bowles as the um, – defense coordinator. I know uh, Byron Leftwich is the offense coordinator over there, but it it was a great matchup. It was a great chess match, Um, great offense versus a a pretty great defense, and uh, in this case, you know, uh, Tampa Bay obviously won the game, and and definitely, if I were to give, you know, a trophy for, you know, for, like we do, MVP for, for the coach of the game, hands down, probably 99% of the people would give it to um, the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then you look at, you know, let's look at some of the defenders here real quick before we get to the top of the hour. Devin White, former, by the way, uh, LSU Tiger. Look at the Tigers all over the board here. This guy I thought really did what needed to be done. He was on every play. It seemed like the entire night. as he was just able to get out there and and cause a lot of havoc throughout the entire night, you had to count. Where was that guy? Where was he going to be? Where was he going to, of course, uh, try to bull rush himself through there? And uh, he had, what, ta- uh, 12 uh, total tackles last night, eight solo tackles, two of them tackled for losses. Now, on the other side of the field, there was a ton of sixes on here total tackles. But uh, the man right behind him, who I thought also did really well, was Avanti David, uh, number 54. You saw his number all over the field. Former Nebraska Husker, Husky, excuse me, who – also, the linebackers seem to have a lot of uh, control over that line. They just couldn't account for them, Eugene.
2: You really couldn't. And and that was the thing, though, is that if you watch, you know, when, when they found out, you know, the first series, you always kind of get that wait and see, how does your guy match up against their guy? Because you can't see a lot of that stuff in film. Um, but right after that first series uh, of offense for Kansas City, right after that, you really just saw them. I mean, there were times they were just dropping eight. They're rushing four and dropping eight. Now, I, I'm very shocked and surprised that the enemy didn't find some way with them dropping eight and four to just to, to come up with some type of scheme to get the running game going. I mean, that's usually an offensive coordinator's uh, dream if they have a great running back. And, and Everett Hilaire is a great running back from LSU, just like his counterpart on the other side, Leonard Furnett um, and, and you know he's productive in both catching and and running the ball. I was just surprised that they couldn't get the running game going with so many guys dropping into coverage. It still baffles me. Uh, it, I'm not obviously Eric Benning is a great coach. I'm sure he saw what we saw. I just you know there must be some reason for some reason they just couldn't get it going. Uh, you know some of these things you find out later. Maybe a guy was hurt. Maybe a uh, something couldn't happen or something couldn't do something and you find out later, but during the game, it's so frustrating. Cause you're like, you know, you're questioning, you know, what seems to us an obvious counter move would be, you know, to be able to run the ball when they're dropping eight, but you just didn't see it all night. And it's still kind of baffling to me that it never happened.
1: You know, for me, I thought what, what you saw with Tampa, what they did a great job, they forced, they really did. They forced, the Chiefs to throw it short, they, they, they forced them to go across the middle and, and try to make them play small ball. Now, I, had they had done that more? Again, they couldn't even – Kelsey Corals, who normally is wide open, right, It isn't a guy who's one of the better tight ends in the league. Is usually wide open across the middle. He's usually wide out down the field. They covered it very well last night, and I thought they picked up a lot of times. And then, of course, you know, whoever was uh, uh, you know working together with covering him you know, when one was able to, to cover him to a certain point, then the other guy would come in. And you saw a lot of that last night where the game plan and the secondary, I thought, you talk about coaches, and I get the defensive coordinator did a great job, but position coaches, I thought really ultimately sold what they needed to sell to those guys last night, getting in there and saying, look, stay home, play your position. The guy behind you is ready. You have to trust that he will take care of it if he gets past you these guys, you have to stay up front. You have to penetrate that line. Diamond Sue, look at what he did. This is a guy who we didn't think would still be in the league at this point. And, and he's another one of those type of guys that's been around for a little minute. So it's good to see him getting a chance. So, you know, there's a lot of that kind of going on, you know, in, in, in this conversation. I can only imagine the uh, the conversations that were happening last night in Tampa as uh, these guys were probably in the locker room for quite some time. And then you saw Tom Brady and, of course, Gronk doing what they do best and making it one-two punch become a reality and and kind of a punishing move for uh, Kansas City early and often. When it went 14 nothing, I knew at that point we'd, we'd be talking of a conversation here when it came to Gronk hitting uh, not once or twice in the end zone. Quick break, come back, top of the hour. Talking Super Bowl tonight, guys. We got some high school stuff if you want to get into, or if you uh, were part of that National Signing Day on Wednesday a week ago and you want to come in and talk about your sign and, uh, well, your signature, if you will, on National Signing Day, the school that you decided to take your talents to, we'd love to hear from you. Tonight is still your night. It is still the year of the athlete 2021. Guys, call in, hang out by reaching us out at 323 784. Nine six eight one. Again, the number to reach out is one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. 784
7: 9681 Quick break, come back, reset,
1: top
3: of
7: hour two. Right out of this. If this
8: world were mine, mm-hmm. all caca oh. ca- 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 would be <laughs> 27 20, 20, feet 20 <laughs> <laughs> With a diamond in the
1: Welcome back to everybody. I'm Rich Yob alongside Eugene Benton for our Monday Night Madness for uh, Southern Sports Central style here in Charleston, South Carolina. Of course, uh, we're excited to have you on with us here tonight. We're talking anything and everything sports. Of course, it is the recap from what happened on the Big stage last night. Of course, the Super Bowl was all we thought it might be for some and not for others as it was a Buccaneer kind of night. They won it over, of course, the Chiefs 31-9, the GOAT. Yep, Tom Brady gets another MVP, another trip to Disney World and somewhere that he's probably got his own place at this point in time anyway. Let's do this. Let's head to the hotline. I believe we're heading up to our studio up on the Grand Strand with the one and only Brandon Bisco Green from Sports Unlimited. What's going on, Dr. B? How's it going, guys? Beautiful night. In Somerville, Charleston, of course, uh, nice today. It was about 63 down here in the low cruncher, man. How's the weather up there in the Grand Strand today? Man, did you guys get treated with a uh, kind of an early spring kind of feel?
9: Yeah, yeah. A little uh, a little nicer weather, a little warmer weather today than it has been uh, over the last couple of weeks. So it's starting to get – we're starting to get out of those winter days and starting to get back towards uh, – Spring weather, which is just in time now with uh, baseball right around the corner. Yeah, now,
1: baseball usually, and I was a cat that played baseball right up there where you're at on the Grand Strand. It was always the coldest season of all the seasons, to be honest with you. February seems to be the coldest (laughs) month in the state of South Carolina, and I played in snow On the foot, on the baseball field, and uh, sweated profusely on the football field. So it's kind of weird. But uh, first of all, man, let's talk a little Super Bowl together, man. I know you got your show coming up on Friday. It's going to be a big one from 7 to 10, right here and only right here on Southern Sports Central with Brandon and Sports Unlimited. But, man, last night, Tom Brady did his thing and uh, started off with a guy that he knew well with Gronk getting not one but two catches to get this thing rolling early for the Buccaneers.
9: Yeah, and and a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, Brady has had more weapons with Tampa Bay this year than he's ever had," which may may or may not be true, but the fact that he was able to build the chemistry and build the rapport with the wide receivers and and especially after, you know, there were some bumpy roads and, you know, Bruce Arians was very uh was very outspoken on his criticism of Brady at times, which, you know, it was a stark difference from how Bill Belichick handled things uh, with Brady. And, you know, and I'm going to talk about this more, you know, on my show on Friday, but the fact that Brady was able to do what only one other quarterback has ever done in NFL history, and that being Pay Manning. The fact that he was able to go to Tampa Bay and not just win a Super Bowl, but win it in his first year there, he solidified his place as the GOAT. And I don't think no matter what anyone does, you know, barring someone doing basically exactly what Brady has done, being able to have that longevity, and ma- being able to win no matter where he is. uh, Yeah, he's, he's the ha- hands-down greatest of all time, and I don't think anyone is ever going to uh, eclipse that.
1: Hanging out right now with our guy up on the Grand Strand in the Southern 4 Central Studios up there, on that side of the world, Brandon Biscoe being, you can find him right here and only here on Southern Sports Central with Sports Unlimited, Friday mornings from 7 to 10. Attend the talking on the Super Bowl, and a lot of topics with him here will be what you will hear on Friday mornings along with some high school and some other action around the world of sports. Now, this, you, know, you look at what he had, though, and even if you look at his receivers that he added to throw to, and you even put Fournette back there because he was the second leading rusher mm-hmm. for him Last night, he had Gronk back over there. He had Evans. He had, of course, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Brayton Brown, and even uh, Godwin was back there with a few catches. So he had a pretty good group of guys. But the guy that I thought, even though he didn't get as many catches, with five of those with 22 yards with about four and a half yards averaging, was uh, Antonio Brown. But just because he was on the field, right, there was some accountability because of what he's able to do if he gets the ball.
9: Yeah, and that's something you see with any great offense, especially any great passing offense, is you can never you can never win when you have only one primary target. Because then the defense knows that you're gonna go to that guy and and you know, they're gonna double team him and you have to find other weapons. When you have multiple targets who Force the defense to have to choose okay, do we focus on one guy or the other, or do we focus on both of these guys equally? And not only, you know, he had three and you could say potentially even four guys that could easily catch the ball and make a big play. You know, you had Antonio Brown, you had Godwin, you have Gronk. You know, you have those targets uh you know even Brady made a couple of catches you know they they have all of those targets that can make big plays and as a result of that the defense is standing there saying who who do we guard and and that's something that Brady had never really had in his career is that type of talent in in receiving and taking his talent as a quarterback and being able to make something out of nothing. And you saw what happened in that game uh, last night.
1: And yeah, with Brandon Bisco, being, of course, uh, Sports Unlimited, only heard right here on Southern Sports Central. You can catch him Friday morning from 7 to 10. But tonight, he's hanging out with us here on Southern Sports Central. The other conversation that we haven't really touched much about was the Hall of Fame that was released. Of course, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson leads the eight member class. Uh, pretty interesting that a lot of first timers got in the first time your thoughts on that elite class that uh as they say the uh the elite eight that led the way for the hall of fame in the nfl in the class of 21
9: yeah this was one of those years that you had a lot of guys that were essentially shooing hall of famers just so happened to come up all at the same time like you mentioned Peyton manning calvin johnson a few others there uh, that you know you knew that they were going to be hall of fame and so right. as soon as their names were called you you knew they that that they were in and and it led to a great class and it's going to be a really fun uh induction ceremony in August uh to see those guys uh get inducted into hall, the Hall of Fame uh but it, it it's crazy to think you know well what's kind of funny is that you know Payne man gets Gets named to the Hall of Fame this year. Who was the only other quarterback to win the the double Super Bowl or win Super Bowls with two separate franchises? And then and then Brady uh, adds his name to the list when while Payton's going into the Hall. And and of course that rivalry that they've had they had throughout their career.
3: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Let's give you the list real quick, guys. And I'm going to try not to mess up any of these names. But offensive lineman Allen. Uh, for Nick, I believe how you pronounce his name. He played from 1998 to 2007, a nine-time yeah. Pro Bowler and a six-time All-Pro. Uh, of course, a key member of the Steelers and the 2005 championship team. We mentioned Calvin Johnson, Megatron, right? Six-time Pro Bowler over there, the wide receiver from 2007 to 2015. Uh, did a lot of things, and they did it in big fashion, as he was a big, tall weapon for many, many Years there as he played in the league. Quarterback Peyton Manning, you know he had to wear the jacket that he wore last night. You know he loves his Tennessee Volunteers. He's the only five-time league MVP. Manning retired as the NFL's all-time career leading passer in yards and passing touchdowns. Now, the first starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises. Manning, 55 touchdown passes in 2013, still a single-season record. How about this one? The Buccaneers put a kid in there last night with uh, a guy that we've all heard his name. It's been a minute since I've heard it. was Mr. John Lynch, the defensive back guy. who yeah. of course, a uh, five-time pro bowler, strong safety, and was also a pro bowler during each of his four seasons at free safety. Lynch played a key role for the Bucs uh, in a Super Bowl back in the day. Charles Woodson, there you go. My Packers getting some love there. Former Heisman Trophy winner. Woodson, the NFL accomplished, includes Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Nine Pro Bowl. that's impressive, four All-Pro Selection and a member of the NFL All-2000 team. Woodson was also a key contributor to two Super Bowl wins and included Green Bay's and 2010 Super Bowl winning team. Now, also, of course, uh, you look here and, uh, again, you start to kind of put things in. There's a few other names in here uh, to get through. But when you started to kind of put everything in, in, in order, and you saw this thing kind of unfold with the the selection, I I think you're going to see more of this when it comes down to it, and that is getting these guys that are first-timers, not like baseball, not like the MLB, because they seem like they just can't seem to get the Hall of Fame right over there. But that's another day for another show. But it seems like the NFL is not afraid to put first-namers into the Hall of Fame right away because, again – it shouldn't matter how long you wait off the field. It's what you did on the field. Your thoughts on that, Brandon?
9: Yeah, well, football football doesn't have the the way of thinking in terms of the Hall of Fame that baseball does. You know, baseball has this tradition of, uh, you know, wanting to keep it pure and all of that and, and the stigma of, you know, Having a, a first ballot guy get a hundred percent of the vote, and, and all the all the traditions, and all the different, uh, you know, uh, all the different weird intricacies of, of baseball and the Hall of Fame, and all of that, and and on top of that, now you have the added issue for the guys coming up now for the Baseball Hall of Fame of the steroids issues and all of that. So that's why baseball it's a little trickier football on the other hand they don't it's not so much that they don't care it's that there isn't as much of a pomp and circumstance behind it and beca- and behind the voting and all of that it's just if you deserve to be in we're going to put you in it doesn't like they don't really care about you know the the process behind getting in it's just if you deserve to be in you're going to be put in so that's why I think you're getting more of that. And and the interesting question, since you brought up the comparison between the two, it's not as big of a deal for football as it is for baseball. And I think, I think the majority of people, since he was only really there for what, two years, I think, uh, I think we can all agree that Payton will more than likely go in as a cult. But, you know, that, that, Whole decision of who do you go in as in terms of teams isn't as big in in football as it is in uh, baseball, but I think Peyton Manning should certainly go in as a cult
1: since that's where his the majority of his career was. Yeah, and you see that a lot of times where guys are going back for so their one day contracts. That's nothing new. As uh, you know, guys retire. I think Jay, uh, was it Jason Witten here recently he went back to the Cowboys, mm-hmm. got that one deal one day, what have you contract. Uh, so there are two quarterbacks, you know. So so there's two quarterbacks that have beaten Tom Brady, and I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to nail this one. But I'm going to give you some some time to think about it, but there's only two quarterbacks. Oh, that I know Tom it Brady already in the Super Bowl. <laughs> one of us done I, it. Twice, I, I know it already. Not <laughs> so tell me, who who are and, the two and, guys and, that, that beat him? I and mean, but there's only three losses in the Super Bowl.
9: Yeah, it, what I'll, I'll give the one that uh, you know I'll give them respect. But it's not right. the the biggest one, and that is Nick, that is Nick Foles, with the Eagles. Yep. The the NFC East are the only two teams to be, or the is the only division to beat Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. And the other one, and he will always have this, no matter what. Brady may be the goat, but the kryptonite to the goat is one Eli Manning.
1: How crazy is that? <laughs> he did it twice. He be twice. Twice. And what sure everybody says, man, that probably is bigger than the kids that he, that he threw up. It's oh, uh, old boy that caught it off his helmet.
9: Oh, definitely, definitely. And,
1: and the, for you know, that's the one thing
9: that Brady, you know, for all of his accolades and everything, he came so close to getting a perfect season. And that's the one thing I think if you even ask Brady himself, I think that would be the one thing in his career that he will be regretting the most and wanting to go back and fix the most is losing that Super Bowl will hurt the most to Brady and, and losing right. out on that perfect
1: record. Yeah. So you guys, and, and, and that's me, yeah,
3: you, that, you guys those, those are big yeah.
1: numbers. But you think Nick Foles, who, who again, you know, uh, that's probably going to be what he's going to hang his hat on. Let's just be honest. And uh, yeah, Eli oh, Manning, you know, the 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 little brother that could or couldn't. You know, he, <laughs> by the way, has some Super Bowl rings as well. But uh, you know what? For as much slack as Eli got, he sure got a lot of good, even though I know he got a lot of, you know, a, a lot of public uh, rip in a lot of different ways from a lot of media mm-hmm. people, though, you know?
9: Well, I think – but at the same time, I, I think, you know, while – Later, towards the end of his career, when he was struggling and, and all of that, he did get a lot of flack from the media and everything. But I think if it wasn't for those two Super Bowls and what he did, especially in two thousand seven, I think if it wasn't for those two Super Bowls, I think Eli Manning would have been considered an abject failure at you know in in his career. Yet those Two Super Bowl victories give him a lot of leeway, and, and a lot of pl- a lot of media members, a lot of fans, uh, you know, gave him, especially later on towards the end, gave him a lot more slack than many other quarterbacks would have as a result of those right. two Super Bowls. And and the crazy thing too about it, and and I always. I always question it. I'm always curious, you know, in an alternate universe where Eli didn't care where he went or if the Chargers were in LA, a bigger market and he wanted to go to LA, uh, you know, and Phillip Rivers was the quarterback for the Giants, do the Giants win those two Super Bowls? And that's always an interesting question because that was one of the big, you know, what ifs in, in NFL history
1: is what if if those two players did not get traded yeah very true now let me ask you this and uh, again uh you know appreciate you always uh hanging out with us as uh you know i try to jump on with you eugene i got to get you on his show on, on friday mornings this guy does a smashing job up on the grand strand uh, over there of course on sports unlimited right here and only right here on southern sports central friday from 7 to 10 in the morning uh you want to check out brendan bisco being but brandon of course uh, the MVP was also announced uh, since our last conversation and Aaron Rodgers gets it and now has 3. Now he's chasing 5, which is Peyton Manning, but he ties Tom Brady, Brett Favre, and Johnny Unitas along with Jim Brown all with 3 MVPs. Now, your thoughts on him getting the MVP, of course, uh and, and does he is he able to catch a guy like Peyton Manning? with uh, we don't know how many more years he has left, even in Green Bay, which I'm a Packers fan, I'm hoping it's a long time. But your, your thoughts on him catching the uh, the Peyton Manning five that he has uh, as of right now?
9: I think that all depends upon what happens this off season, because Rogers proved to everyone that he still has a lot in the tank, that he can still go. But Mm -hmm. as we saw after the loss in the, in, in the championship game, uh, there, he's not happy. And, and you, you know, as well as I do all the rumblings, when they decided to draft Jordan Love in the first round this year of, are they trying to push Brady or are they trying to push Rogers out? And I could see Rogers, if there's a team, and I think there are a couple of teams that you could look at that, could, that you could potentially say are a quarterback away from being a legitimate threat, not sure where he would go. I'm, there are maybe a couple of teams that are in my mind, but I'm not sure if any of those are the perfect fit. But could you see Rodgers ask for a trade out of Green Bay? because I just don't know if Green Bay, unless they do actually get their act together and and decide to stick with Rodgers and, and draft for him and get pieces around him. We've seen the last couple of years, Rodgers is able to do great in the regular season, but then when push comes to shove in the playoffs, then he just doesn't have enough around him to get over that hump. So... If he stays in Green Bay and they continue to play the the way they have been, depends upon how long of a leash he has. Uh, but if he's able to play for a few more years, I could see him getting up to that number. Uh, but, right. that's, but the big question is going to be, where is he going to be over the next couple of years and what kind of pieces are, is he going to have around him? But I'm sure... I'm sure Rodgers if if you had to ask, if you asked him if you could trade those season MVPs for a few more Super Bowls I think he would take it in a heartbeat. So, I don't know if he's necessarily going to want to stick around in a in a franchise that doesn't necessarily want to put the pieces around him to be successful.
1: Well, I can say as a Packer fan, Lafleur's back is against the wall. They have definitely already made some adjustments after that tough loss to Tampa. They definitely, I thought, had better players on the field than Tampa. But that's just the thing, you know. Uh, you got to be the best on the day that you're on that field, and that wasn't, of course, uh, my my uh, my Green Bay Packers. It was the Buccaneers on that day. But uh, quickly, man, you got your big show coming up on Friday. Uh, what all is happening on your show as you guys kick off at seven o'clock Friday morning, buddy?
9: Yeah, uh, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, playoffs coming up here in South Carolina, basketball region tournaments kicking off this week. Uh, and then my big thing that I'll be talking about, obviously, will be the Super Bowl and what this means for Tom Brady's legacy, as well as Bill Belichick's legacy and what it means for the Patriot way. So that's the big that's the big talking point that I'll have uh, for this uh, this
1: Friday. Well, cool stuff, brothers. always. Man, I can't wait. I'll catch up with you on Friday. If not, maybe I'll hear from you back on our show here on Wednesday, buddy. But, again, keep doing what you're doing, man. We appreciate you being a part of the network and can't wait to see and hear what you do coming up on Friday morning, buddy. Thanks again. Yep. Talk to you guys later. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the big man himself, Brandon Biscoe brings Sports Unlimited. Heard here and only here on Southern Sports Central, 7 to 10, Friday morning. Every Friday, he brings it to you from the Grand Strand. That's right. He's shagging not only on the boulevard. He's doing it right here in Southern Sports Central. He'll be talking high school sports, college sports, pro sports, your sport and my sport. You name it, call in. He'll talk to you about it. Eugene, I bring you back in for about maybe six minutes because the bus is now on the way to, uh, by God, West Virginia, right on the border of Virginia and West Virginia to, of course, Bluefield State College up there where they picked up about, I don't know, 12, 14 cats from the state of South Carolina to play some college football. And we'll find out from the running back coach, who is the recruiter down here, Richard Alston, who's got a connection to the low country. We'll get all that story around 730. But, man, you know, you heard what I said there about my guy. Of course, everybody knows I'm a Packers fan. If you follow me and uh, listen to the show enough, you hear that, of course, I'm I'm all about what uh, aaron Rodgers can do and he did get the third that's number three for him on the mvp list but like i think uh you know brandon said it well i think he would trade any of that in for a, for a super bowl right i mean that's just uh that these guys get it they understand it it's a nice um and that's i don't want to say severance but it's definitely uh it's nice to have something to get out of the season but they've got to give him some tools they've got to give him some receivers uh, they've got to give them some protection. I mean, let's just be honest, the guy on the left side was getting just worked weekend after weekend. But then we watched what happened uh, yesterday, and, and that same uh, same side guy for Tampa did the same thing to Kansas City. So maybe it's just Kansas City and, and of course, the Packers need to front line a little bit better. But yet it seems like the Buccaneers' defense, that front, man, that's a, that's a pretty impressive group of guys.
2: Yeah, and, and I wanted to go back. There's something I wanted to touch on with the uh, Hall of Fame things. Uh, my question is, yes. and, you know, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. Um, so, uh, how close does he sit to Charles Woodson at the ceremony? Let's let let let's go back to 1996, 1997, 1996. He's um, uh, Peyton Manning came in second in the Heisman voting. He decides to come back. We remember the quote. Spurrier said you couldn't spell UT with, you know, citrus without UT, and Peyton Manning was going to come back and try to win a Heisman, and Spurrier kind of ribbed him about that. All right, 97 rolls around. Peyton does not win a national championship because they lose to the Gators, and they lose pretty badly in that game where he throws a bunch of interceptions. Charles Woodson, first uh, defensive player, basically. I know he's a punt returner, kick returner, and played some wide receiver, but he was the first defensive player. Uh, and, and forever, or maybe forever, to win the Heisman. So he takes the Heisman. And Oh, guess what else happens that year? Michigan ties for the co-national championship. So he's got the national championship. He's got the Heisman. Peyton goes number one in the draft. We know how that goes. They both have two Super Bowls. So uh, that, to me, is an interesting dynamic that they end up both going into the Hall of Fame at the same time. The other thing, we were talking about Super Bowl losses for Peyton Manning. You know, he does have that one loss to uh, my guy, who is from Peyton's hometown in New Orleans. So, Drew Brees, Mm -hmm. you know, Peyton Manning and the Mannings kind of being from New Orleans and as much as as, uh, Archie Manning has meant to the franchise, I would argue at this point, uh, Brees has kind of taken over that Manning family there in New Orleans uh, for how much he means to the city. Uh, but to top it off, for him to actually win a Super Bowl for the city of New Orleans was such a big deal. And, by the way, he beat a Manning in doing so. So that was actually one of the two losses that Manning has in the Super Bowl, the other being to um, uh, Seattle. Now, uh, you, know, you can't discount the guy's career. I mean, you know, he, Breeze, uh, Brady are all one, two, and three you know, up there with yards passing, most completions, et cetera, most touchdowns and all that. But, uh, you know, his career just didn't end, uh, I guess, the way that a lot of them do. I mean, it's kind of a funky, kind of an auspicious ending. He goes from one season where he throws for 60-something touchdowns uh, and, and just lighting up the scoreboard and looking like, you know, his first year in Denver to funky, weird, neck, surgery, injury, and then all of a sudden, poof, he was gone. You know, it wasn't a a turning over the reins or anything like that. You saw Favre kind of do that uh, when Aaron Rodgers took over. I remember when Troy Aikman uh, was playing Green Bay, and he kind of stepped aside and uh, let uh, what's-his-name come in, Um, Tony Romo. So, you know, um, it's just an interesting uh, dynamic for me for for those two to enter the same year. And I always wondered if uh, Peyton Manning harbors any ill will uh, that Rodgers got the uh, national championship, the Heisman, and has two Super Bowls.
1: May, <laughs> hey, maybe one day and you know, on that day, we could hit that man in here and ask him ourselves. But until then, we got to take a break because we got to get the bus uh, loaded up with the coach as it's now pulled up there to uh, Bluefield. By God, West Virginia. That's right. We're up there in the 24701 as we're going to be catching up with the running back coach, big time recruiter here. And the great state of South Carolina and did an amazing job here in the Palmetto State, taking some of our big time athletes to continue their dreams of playing football over there at Bluefield State College. Coming up next, Richard Austin joins us next, guys. Don't go anywhere. Short break, and then to the big man on campus.
10: And George Foreman admits that he gave Muhammad Ali everything he had. And Muhammad Ali grabbed him and pulled him to him. Old man hadn't fought in years, hurt. And Muhammad Ali pulled him to him and said, is that all you got? And George Foreman said, when he heard the words, that all you got, it penetrated his spirit. And said, I didn't gave my man everything I got. I can't seem to knock him down. And Muhammad Ali said, when he said that to him, he looked into the pupils of his eyes. And he said, at that point, he knew George Foreman. Lay hold of it. You lay hold of it.
7: And when that thing tells you to quit, you look at it in his eye and say, I ain't going nowhere. I will break you before you break me. You will not defeat me. You will not destroy me. Some of you are so ignorant. You've been through so much hell. You're going to quit now. You should have quit 10 years ago when you got raped. You should have quit 10 years ago when he walked out on you. You should have been quit. You don't quit now. It's the 10th round. You got two more to go. And when you get to success, it's not about skill. When you get to a certain level of success, it's about stamina. It's about stamina. It's about you won't break me. You can't take me. It's too late. You should have broke me a long time ago. I'm unbreakable now.
10: Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You're not hearing what I'm telling you? Y'all thinking it's about talent. is not. It's about taking the gift you got and and laying a hold of it. Have you ever laid hold of something?
8: You created that thing. This ain't no
7: job.
10: That thing speaks about who you are as a person, how you approach life. This ain't no this ain't no gig. This is the essence
7: of who I am. This is my spirit. This is my character. This ain't no job. Why are you treating it like a job? It's your calling.
10: You took responsibility when I wasn't willing to take responsibility. Don't disrespect nobody that did that. I used to disrespect my, biolo- my father who raised me because he wasn't my biological father. I used to disrespect him, now I honor him. I used to think like, yo, you lied to me. No, you didn't lie to me. You gave me your last name. You took responsibility that didn't belong to you. That was somebody else's responsibility. And you took somebody else's responsibility. To that I will owe you for the rest of my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't no lie. You gave me your last name. And I got to respect the fact that you're getting And I got to live it with honor. And then I got to give my kids a name that ain't our name. Because the person that was supposed to be there didn't. The power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. The problem with some of you in this room, you don't, have, you don't have the power or the influence to direct nothing. And this is your life. You should be in control of your life. Let me tell you something. You're... If
7: you smell what The Rock is cooking.
3: Welcome back,
1: everybody. I'm Richie Allen. I want to welcome you to Southern Sports Central. Monday night edition here in the Low Country as we of course uh look forward to talking to the next big man on campus here. we are actually over there at Bluefield State College in West Virginia with the one and only the running back coach. He is of course uh doing an incredible job. Loving on the low country here. That is Coach Richard Austin. Coach, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thanks for having me here, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. Well, first of all, uh, let's give a little bit of background. I've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of the young men that you had a chance to get that opportunity, to get that signature, and now we'll have a chance to coach and be around them at their next chapter, Coach. But for those who haven't had a chance to know who is this amazing man, we call Coach Rashard Alston. You got some herbs here to the Lowcountry, man. Give us a breakdown, of bio, if you will, from your high school days, to college to even where you sit today up there at Bluefield State College, Coach.
11: Okay. Uh, so I'm actually born and raised in, in, in North Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, you know, uh, went to went to Goose Creek High School from there, um, played ball there for for, for my four years, was was a part of the, you know, the state championship team and then um, my junior year. Um so play behind the scenes, played behind the scenes in my, my junior year, uh Virgil Virgil Smalls, uh, you know, really good really, really good back that came out of the low country, probably one of the top backs they ever played in the in, in uh, state of South Carolina. Uh, you know, played with that guy played behind that guy so learned a lot. Really got my chance in my senior year, uh, to come onto the scene and, and you know, um got get, started to get recruited then and, you know, um ended up signing with Newberry College. Uh, so played four years at Newberry College, played running back there, played outside backer for a year. Um, you know, and, 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 and graduated from there. Uh, so originally going into school, you know, I wanted to go into engineering, you know. Um wanted to go in engineering but um, I, I had a running back coach named Hunter Spivey and had an offensive line coach, uh, you know, named um, Cedric Williams. And uh, those two guys, man, they it, it, it really it made me fall in love with the game. Coach Bobby, by the way, he taught us the game and and, and, and loved on us. And coach, coach, coach Williams, by the way, he was such a great mentor for us. He wasn't even my position coach, but he was a great mentor for me, you know. Uh, so I knew I wanted to stay around the game uh, once I graduated, so I kind of changed career paths there, and, and you know, I, I said, how can I stay around it and um so an aunt of my one of my aunts, uh, they went to school with, with uh Tony Coxman and at the time when I'm in school Coach Cochrane was actually coaching with the Broncos. Uh he he was about to win the Super Bowl with the Broncos and this around the time I'm I'm thinking about okay, I wanna change career paths into coaching. Uh, so um they went to school, they went to all high school together, so she was like, Yeah, I'm gonna introduce you to Tony. I got a good friend who's coaching, he's in it. So, um got on the phone with Coach Coxman and you know, he uh he, you know, he he told me he said, "Man, you know, this 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 game is all about who you know, and, and it's, it's, it's all about hard work." He said, "Oh, uh, you know, if, if 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 I ever get a chance to, you know, saying hire you and bring you along one day, help you out in any way, I'll do that." You know, he did that. That's why I'm here today. Uh, you know, but out of there, you know, I um I graduated uh, from Newberry, and I went in and, and, and I coached high school ball for two years. Uh, you know, uh, for a coach named Devin Small. So, coach named Devin Small. That was all of him. He gave me my first opportunity. He took a chance on the kid out of fresh out of out of, out of college. Uh, the common coach running back there at North Charleston High School with him, um, and me, me and me and Devin. You know, we built a great relationship. He's actually a Newberry Wolf for himself. Well, he he played for Newberry back when he was the Indians. But uh, you know, he, um, he he gave me a chance and I coach coached running backs there for two years, and and then I I finally got my foot in the door um, at the college level. Um, thanks to a guy named EJ Valentine, we were both coaching the USA Football camp together, and he. He offered me a job on the spot, you know, for me to be a graduate assistant and the wide receivers coach at Hastings College in Nebraska. So, went out there, coached receivers there for, for the past two years. Um, you know, was able to coach an all conference receiver for the first time um, in over 10 years in that school's history. Uh, you know, learned, learned a lot from the coaches I, was, I worked for there. And, you know, I, um, and, and Coach Colson got the job here um, in October. So, I got, got the job here and, and I reached out to him to congratulate him. Uh, you know, and, and he said, "Hey, man, I, I want to put you in touch with my offensive coordinator, uh, Jermaine Gales." Uh, so he put me in touch with Coach Gales, and and uh, me and Coach Gales just hit it off. We just we just got to talking and getting to know each other. Um, and and by the by the time we finished talking, we had found out that we crossed paths before. The whole time I was playing at Newberry, he was coaching at Mars Hill, uh, which is a team in our, in our conference at Newberry. So we kind of hit it off there, and and we started talking a little bit of ball. Uh, so we didn't talk much ball. We just talked. Just really got to know each other, building the relationship. Once we started talking ball, we 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 found that we shared a lot of similar ideals, um, you know. And a couple, in a couple, a couple months later, they they called back and they offered me the job here, man. And I can't, I couldn't be more excited uh, to be a part of something like this, you know. Um, it's a brand new program. Uh, Bluefield State hasn't had football in in over 41 years. It was 1980s they had football. Um, so. It's exciting to be here. We get to kind of write our own script. You know, we get to handpick every single guy we want here. We get to build this thing from the ground up. You, you know, a lot of times you take a new coaching job, you inherit, you know, saying a room of guys or a team, and now you gotta, you know, you, you gotta break down the, the stuff they're their verbiage and the, the systems that they've been using, and now you gotta try to implement yours on the run um, with ours. You know, we, we get to kind of build it and set our own standards set our own, uh, you know what I'm saying, terminology, set our own systems and, and really hit the ground running. Um, so it's an, it's an exciting opportunity, to say the least.
1: Good stuff as we're hanging out with the run-of-back coach with the connections here to the Low Country. of course. Uh, he mentioned Goose Creek. You heard North Charleston, which means that uh, that has him an opportunity to touch about 14 to 16 different high schools here in the Low Country, and he did that. Here, we'll get into those players that he gave an opportunity and signed them just about a week, a little under a week ago, uh, last Wednesday on National Signing Day. But of course, we're talking about the runabout coach over there at Bluefield State College in Bluefield, West Virginia, Coach Richard Alston. Uh, coach, you mentioned a guy that I'm pretty close to. Uh, I grew up with Coach Spivey. Hunter Spivey, of course, uh, was the offensive coordinator uh, for a couple of years at Summerhill. Now he's over there at Ashley Ridge, which I'm sure you're well aware of that as well, being the guy that does the recruiting, man. Uh, what was it like? Let me ask you that first, man, because I know he's very intense. I spent uh, a couple of years in the press box being the play-by-play guy on ESPN for Somerville. He was the OC and very passionate, man, very energetic. Same intensity, I would imagine, in Newberry back in the day?
11: Man, I'm telling you what, man. Coach Bobby is awesome. He's awesome, you know. Like I said, the way he taught the game is what made me fall in love with, you know. Um, as a running back, you know, a lot of times as a running back, you only learn, okay, I'm getting the ball
3: on this play. I'm
11: not getting – I'm pass pro on this play, you know, and, and, and that's that. You know what I mean? But he taught us the whole picture. You know, I actually learned football. I felt like I had a PhD in the offense we were running. You know, I learned how to read coverages. I learned how to – you know, I learned front. I learned how to anticipate what defense is going to give me. Um, I learned techniques, man. He, he, he taught the whole picture. You know, he played quarterback, so he, got, he has that thing, man. And, and when, it, when his mind gets to rolling, uh, you will you, be amazed uh, you know, the, the things he 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 can teach you. But um, you know, yeah, I am well aware he's over there now at uh, at um Ashley Ridge. You know, I actually got a guy from him from Somerville, um that he right. that he was coaching at Somerville and so he's up here with me now. He already started school in January, so um Perry Wilder. Um but um yeah man, Coach Coach Bobby it it, it was it was great playing with him, man. So I, I played for him for, for three years and then he, he and he uh he actually took a took a job at Valdosta High School in Georgia. Uh, my senior year, but um, for those three years that I played for him, I knew I knew that I was going to be a coach. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, he, he, he gave he gave me so much knowledge and, and, and so much insight on the game. And he, I mean, he's the one who really told me. You know, coaching is the next best thing to playing. And, and man, coach, I, I owe a lot to Coach Spivey. He, he he's the reason one of the reasons I, I really got
1: into this thing. I love the story behind the coaches, guys. Again, we talk about the players on this show nonstop, but, oh, do the player kind of story? But the the testimony of uh, the coaches will shock you just as well as we're listening and hanging out with Coach Richard Olsen. He's a running back coach from Bluefield State College. He's done an incredible job uh, getting, uh, Coach, I think the numbers between 12 and 15 on the commits here and the signatures that you got around the state of South Carolina – is it 14 what is it do you actually know the number in front of you how many of you actually signed on Wednesday, by the way okay so on
11: wednesday um on Wednesday we we, we signed 12 from south carolina um uh and 10 of them were, we're from the low country area um you know um, but but since then we, we've, we've added a few more uh you know so uh and, and the numbers going to continue to grow you know what i'm saying so right now we're just in the matter of doing paperwork with with a couple kids but you know um, that number's going to continue to grow. You know, uh, Coach Kozum, me and him both being from from, from Charleston, South Carolina, we know there's a wealth of, of talent that's just undercover there and it's under recruited. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of guys slip through the cracks. Um, but I, I really take pride in, in being able to, to come to my home state and, 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 and recruit. You know um, that that's one of the things you will always be judged on as a coach. And if, if are are you a good recruiter? You know what I mean? That that, that makes you a, an asset. Uh, to the program, so I take pride in it, you know, and and I also take pride in giving kids a chance, you know what I mean? Giving giving kids a chance mm-hmm. to, to get out of like I like like, if it, kids that in, in, that grow up in rough areas and in, in in Charleston, and you know they just need a chance, you know, they just need someone to take a chance on them, they need someone to to believe in them, um, and, and give them the opportunity to to go get out of South Charleston and, and 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 get an education and and do something productive, so. Um, is, I take pride in that, you know. I I, I like being that bridge builder, uh, so to speak. So um, it means a lot to me that uh, I was able to come home and 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 uh, you know get as many recruits as I did so far. Um, but I'm telling you, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning, man. I, I I really like. I said, I really take pride in it.
3: Taking
1: pride for sure. They had, by the way, their first ever official signing day on National Signing Day back on Wednesday a week ago, last week, of course, where you got the chance to see. Bluefield State College put their flag on the ground in the Palmo State and put a few flags. You know, the low country is – you talk about Newberry because, you know, it's interesting that the connection there because Newberry, I thought, did the best job in the state schools and loving on as many kids as they did. But i got to tell you, Coach, I I don't know if anybody signed any more outside of the state than what you guys were able to do. You mentioned Perry Wilder. Two years ago when that young man graduated, I was up in the press box. I called every game, every play. That kid and that number five at Somerville seems to be uh, kind of like a Superman number over there. You've seen many guys have worn it in the past, but that young man right there, Perry Wilder, has got some crazy speed. He's a track star. He's a kid that I think that comes in with that maturity already as uh, what he would be, I guess, uh, either a redshirt freshman coming in or a sophomore to some level because uh, he graduated, what, a year ago. But your life's on a Perry Wilder. And then you got a few other guys kind of talk about, the guys that you were able to pick up down here in the low country, along with the two kids over at Fort Dorchester as well, as long as well as of course Goose Creek, James Island, and Stahl, all on the board for you as of last week. Okay. Uh, so um, to talk about
11: Perry a little bit, you know, I'm okay, right now number five. and you know, I, I wore number five in high
8: school. We
11: we, we, we about that a little bit, but then man, um, I remember I remember watching Perry. I came I came down over over Thanksgiving break and was able to watch. Uh, Somerville take on uh, Fort Dorchester one time, and, you know, Perry Perry really took off in that game, and that's when Coach Stuyvesant was still at Somerville, you know, so I recruited Perry actually when I was at Hastings College in Nebraska, you know, Um, I recruited him there, and, you know, he, he he, uh, he, it was was just a little far, you know, it was far, (laughs) it was pretty far triple away from home, I think I was 21 hours away, so the parents weren't really feeling that, you know what I mean, so, um, you know, and I respected that decision, uh, so, I, know, but I always try to keep up with him, you know. I, I know he didn't end up going to play anywhere that year. Um, so the next year when I got the, the – as soon as I got the job here and I started recruiting, you know, I kind of wanted to spin the block on him. You know, I was, hey, man, what are you doing now? Do you still want to play football? And he was just at Benedict taking online classes at home. He was sitting at home. He wasn't playing any football, was not Involved with the football team. I was, hey, man, I know you can play. If you want to play ball, let me know. Um, so, I, you know, he, he, he believed in me. I got back on on, to on the phone with his parents, and we talked it up, and, and man, he, he's now out here taking classes. He's one of the guys that was able to enroll in January, and, and he's taking classes now. Um, but he's, he's here, uh, you know. Um, it, it's talking about the guys from Fort Dorchester, We got, you know, we got Justin McElveen and, 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 and OJ Washington, you know. Um, and, and and the reason we got those two kids, we're all about relationships. You know, um, any other year, any other relationship, we won't get those two kids. Those kids are SCS kids. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Justin, um, I actually played ball, at, basketball at Goose Creek with his older brother Jordan. Um, you know, his his dad, uh, Thomas McElveen, uh, coached me when I was younger in basketball. You know, I grew up knowing him. He's like an uncle to me. Um, and, and him and Thomas and uh, and Coach Cox, them all went to school together. So, you know, they they it was, was a madman in heaven. And, and you know Justin is a really good linebacker out of Fort Worth. The Fort Worth is a heavily recruited place. You know that's one of the hotbeds and in Charleston. People, teams always go get kids out of Fort so If you can snag one out of there, you know if, 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 if you're doing a good job. Um, and OJ Washington, man, he was one of the top. He was on our board. You know he he he's a he's a Division One guy. And Coastal Pratt was on the phone with him and tell you, man, he, hey, this kid is a Division One guy. Um, you know we were able to snatch him out of there too. He him him and. Coach Coxsone, his his daddy, Coach Cokes and Master went to school together. So, it, like I said, it, it's all about relationships, man, and, and 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 being good people. Once, once, once family see who their kids are going to be, you know, saying going to be who they, who they're going to be having their kids off to, um, and they believe, believe that we're going to be good people. Um, that that that's what that's what sells us. You know, we we're not selling X's and O's. We're not selling it. it it's more about the Jims and the Joes and the X's and the O's. You know, so.
3: Uh, we're not we're not
11: selling championships or anything like that. We're selling that we're going to make them into better men by the time they graduate. They're going to be better fathers, you know, better husbands, you know, things like that. So better citizens. Um, but the championships are going to come. We're going to, we're going to win ball games. And we're going to score a lot of points. Um, but you know that's going to take care of itself if we if we treat them right and we and we do right by the kids. Um, all that whole stuff will take care of itself. So, um, but yeah, we got those two guys out of, out, of, out of there. Got um, the my man. Uh, Ramon, uh, Ramon Kelly out of First out Baptist. You know, I got a relationship with coach at First Baptist. You know, me and uh, J.T. Waters, the quarterback coach over there, we played ball together at Newberry. Uh, so I'm, I'm able to – me and his dad, uh, Coach Johnny Waters, great guy. Um, great guy, you know, you know what I'm saying, in this coaching thing. He's been, been, been killing it um, at that skis level. Man, he's been killing it for a number of years. Um, but he's a great dude. Got him out of there. I uh, was able to go back to Goose Creek and, and get my guy, Jamarius uh, McClellan. Uh, we call him Juice. You know, a strong safety guy over there with Coach Winstead. You know Coach Winstead is doing great things down there at the Creeky. They won the uh the region championship back to back. You know what I'm saying? I mean and, and got a guy, uh Taven Drayton, um out of James Island. Um, you know, and the list goes on man. The list the list just continues to go on and on. Got a couple of guys out of Wilson High School in Florence. Um we got got a guy I, w- I was able to go back to uh North Charleston and get Cortland uh Washington over there. Um a kid that's been yep. working his tail off. You know, um, he, and, and the coaches do nothing, can't, do nothing but rave about it because he, he he does well in the classroom. He he runs track. And he he does everything that the coaches ask him to do to get better. Um, you know, and he has good grades. You know, so was able to give that kid a chance. And, and you know, I, I, I like I said, I mean, being that I walked those halls, I know talking two years ago coaching there, man. I, I know it's tough. Coaches don't even come in there. You know, what I'm saying a lot of coaches don't even go in there. So I remember coaching there and not. Not, not a single coach coming to recruit that area, so I know it could be discouraging. So, um, you know, I hope to turn that turn that page over for that for that school and, and be able to recruit those kids out of there, you know. And, um, and now, I mean, another guy we got is, is, is uh, Stephon Smalls out of Star High School. So, head coach went to Star High School, you know. Um, and, and so that was special. It was special to be able to go get one out of Star High School. We actually offered him two weeks before Coach Colton got inducted into the Star Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, it's, it's and it's important to us to be able to get kids out of there, man. And, and you know, like I said, it's, 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 just only the, it's only the beginning right now. So, you uh, look to continue.
1: Now, of course, he did a lot of other big things. Uh, one of them, uh, Perry Parks uh, sent one of the guys his way as well over there. Well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from Ridgeview High School, you've got a linebacker from, from his school as well there, Coach. So, you know, you guys did a great job. And, and I applaud you for you mentioned Wilson High School, uh, a very uh, very rich and hungry school over in the Florence area that, of course, I grew up playing against because I grew up on the Grand Strand. And then you mentioned Stahl. You mentioned North Charleston, James Island. They've got a new coach, uh, Coach McCoy. He's going to be doing some big things over there with the Trojans coming up. And like you mentioned, First Badness, wow, what, what, what Coach Waters has done. But for you guys to be able to recognize and, and to get these kids an opportunity to continue their dream, uh, you know, is amazing. Coach, tell us a little bit about you know, Bluefield State College. I did some research on it, and, uh, you know, some things I look up, it says HBCU, and, and of course, uh, you know, we believe strongly in giving every opportunity, turning every page, and opening every door, because, uh, to be honest with you, when you get an HBCU, you know, these are universities and colleges that seem to love on you for a long time, and I'm talking, man, way after you graduate, and it is a family, from the minute you step on campus, But, uh, you know, as I started to kind of research this campus, man, it is very uh, rich in history, and it's got a lot of family ties, like you keep mentioning, that you guys are doing now. But it's something that has been done uh, for quite some time. Coach, uh, tell us a little bit about this college, and what what is it that you guys are telling these young men when it comes to signing on the line and committing to becoming uh, a part of that Bluefield State College family?
11: Okay, so uh, a little bit about Bluefield State. You know, uh, like I said, the, the last time this, this this school had football was, it was you know, in the 1980s. It's, it's been 41 years, you know, so um, it, it, it's big time, you know. So the school is, is, is adding 12 new sports, you know. So right now the only sports being played here at, at the moment is, you know, men and, women, men and women's basketball. You know, we have uh, uh, baseball, softball. You have tennis and golf, you know. So that's about it. Uh, you know, but we're adding new sports. You know, adding about twelve new sports, and adding a marching band. Uh, you know I me, mean? me and uh, Coach Coach Price, the the athletic director and the head basketball coach. Here, we joke all the time. You know, you can't have a, a HBCU you don't got that marching band. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but you know that the, the, the school administration, man, they're doing a great job, giving everybody the, the, the tools they need and, and and the hiring process. Man, every 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 day you look up, you get excited. You see. Another kid signed in wrestling. You get a kid signing in tumbling and acrobatics. You get a kid signed for track. Man, it's just, it's just getting excited. You know, it's, just, it's getting exciting to see um, every day the, the growth of this university. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but it's it, it just it's just fun to be around. You know, and it's fun to be around. And like I said, we we get to start it from scratch. We get to start it from scratch and, and do our own thing with it. So, um, you know, it, it, I mean. No, coach. Let me ask kind of kind of you kind of this: kind of when idea. you
3: start
1: yeah, to kind okay. of put, when you start to kind of put everything into play, coach. I apologize for for cutting you there, but when you look at everything as a whole, this was a different year. You guys had to deal with, of course, a lot of restrictions and and a lot of things that that kind of played against you guys as coaches. But for me, I saw this as an opportunity for a school of your size and for the direction that you guys were trying to go. That this was really kind of an opportunity for this stuff to kind of fall in y'all's lap because of the opportunities that you guys were able to give these athletes at other schools, maybe the larger schools wouldn't have an opportunity to kind of give them, give us your thoughts uh, as far as recruiting was concerning. And, and again, kind of talk a little bit about that, that avenue of recruiting and bringing these kids in and, and taking advantage of the size schools that you guys have where they would be a name and not just some number that comes on campus from day one. Oh, of course. Um, you know, with this, with COVID and everything
11: going on, it, it, it threw a curve curveball at everybody, um, top to bottom, every level, you know, I threw a curve curveball at everybody. But, uh, you know, the, the thing we talk about is just being able to adapt. You know, you, you can either cry about it or you can do something about it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, we 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 chose to do here is adapt. You know, um, like a, a lot of things worked out in our favor as well. Like so, it, like with teams now, those FCS kids that we that we normally wouldn't get we were able to have a chance on because of the scholarship turnover. You know what I mean? With, with, with this year not counting um, for 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 um, uh, um, the, the NCAA athletics, uh, you know, everybody gets, gets that another year. So those kids choose to come back. You, they still have to honor those scholarships. So teams aren't able to go out and get as many kids as they would normally get in the fine class because kids aren't leaving. Um, you know what I mean? So um, we're able to get a it, – it, it's, it's a trickle-down effect, so to speak. So we're able to get kids, you know, who are – Supposed to be going D one, but they they're playing Division two football. And at this point, kids are just glad to have, a, have an opportunity to play football and further their education. And that's the that's the most important thing, you know. I'm so saying that's the most important thing. That you graduate um, high school and and, and you, you you get into college, and, and when you walk across that stage in four years, you have a piece of paper that tells you has earning potential. So um, that that that's the important part, and, and you know that's what that's what we're preaching. When, when the parents ask, you know, what I'm saying what, what what about us makes us different? you know. We're going to treat the kids like they're ours. You know what I mean? They turn their kids over to us and they have to trust us. You know what I'm saying? So we want them to know that we're going to treat them like they're our kids. You know what I mean? We're going to protect them. We're going to love them. We're going to hold them accountable. We're going to push them on the field and off the field. We're going to push them to get a degree. We're going to make sure they're going to class. We're going to make sure this is in the first row of those classes. We're going to make sure they got their hats off. We're going to make sure they're yes ma'am no ma'am, yes sir, no sir. You know what I mean? We're going to make sure that they're they're great young men, um, and then when we get on the field, we're going to make sure that they're questioning our character. <laughs> they're questioning, oh man, that's not the same kid who opens the door for me every day. He's out there. He should be arrested for the things he's doing out there. You know what I'm saying? But 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 as far as as, as far as off the field, we we're, we're going to be great young men. We're going to be great gentlemen, um, and, we, and we're going to be up um, uphold the So um, that, that that's what we, that's what we're selling.
1: That's what we're selling. I love every bit of it, Coach. And, again, I want to open the door. And, and I appreciate, number one, you willing to come in here and be a part of our show tonight because, again, you're a, a, a hometown guy here. I, I researched it. it. didn't take me long, by the way, uh, and the connections we have over Goose Creek, of course, and then Coach v and a few others that uh, you've uh, had the opportunity to cross paths with. Man, your resume and your reputation down here in the low country, man, it is quite high. So with, to get you in here tonight, was a big deal. I also want to thank your head coach for allowing you to be a part of this night tonight. I want to open the door for him as well and anyone else over there at the school of baseball, football, basketball coaches, whoever, wherever. If you guys want to come down here and be a part of our program and be a part of this platform, you know, this is why I put this thing together 12 years ago. And, again, uh, for us, Coach uh, Austin, to have you a part of it, man, it's a feather in the cap and an opportunity because I want to give these young men – and women, right? I mean, because some of the ladies can play some football. Let's not over uh, overlook some of these girls that can do some oh, yeah. things. But that being said, hey, here's the thing, Coach. We're giving them a chance and opportunity that maybe, quite frankly, they would not have heard until tonight's show or maybe until you got these young men that you did here a week ago to sign on the line and become part of the brand, the family, and the vision of of what you guys are all about over there at Bluefield State College, Coach. So I did – I want to say it again, that any time you have time or your coaches or anybody on this campus that wants to have a voice from, by God, West Virginia down here to Charleston, South Carolina, man, just hit me up in the inbox and we'll make it happen.
11: Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Like I said, I I wanted to be a a bridge builder, and, and, you know, um, this, this this is a perfect opportunity to help build that bridge. Uh, from from that little country up here to to Bluefield, uh, West Virginia. So um, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you shining a positive light on our program. That We're going to do something special, and um, the world needs to see it. So I I really appreciate you um, uh, on, on behalf
1: of me and my head coach here. You got it, buddy. Well, God bless. Enjoy the rest of the night, Coach, and you and I will catch up soon. Coach, thanks again for being a part of our show. Thank you. All right, guys, a quick break. When we do that, we'll get to the top of the hour. We'll recap this great interview with the uh, running back coach, big-time recruiting guy here for, of course, Bluefield State College. His name, Rashard Austin. Played high school ball over Goose Creek. He also played some college ball right here in the great state at Newberry, and now he's doing it big with the boys in blue. That's Bluefield State College. Guys, more right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere.
2: West Virginia,
8: to the Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old.
1: Well, it's been a great show here tonight on Southern Sports Central. We have had quite the guest list here. Uh, some planned and some, well, just reaching out and saying hello here on a beautiful day in the low country. If you're down here in Charleston, man, I tell you what, you enjoyed a, about a 65 degrees, sunny, uh, very mild day here in February as we're here on the eighth day on the 21st year, of course. Uh, it, it is a great, great day to be an athlete here in the low country because the guys like uh, – Rashard Austin's looking for you, finding you, signing you, and bringing you up there to Bluefield State College in West Virginia. That's in Bluefield, West Virginia, and it's right there on the Virginian line. So it's it's not deep up in the mountains. It didn't look like on the map that I looked at, Eugene. But when you kind of listen to what he had to say, you know, you could hear the passion. And, again, he's had the Chuck Reedies coaching, and he's had, you know, uh, just earlier we heard him talk about Connor Spivey coaching him and a few others that have coached him along the way. He didn't forget where he came from, from growing up down here, and he came right back down here and gave back to the community. And this is something that I tell athletes when they graduate, hey, look, come back to the place. Come back to the place that helped raise you, all right? Don't just go off to college and not come back for Friday nights or go to the NFL and not come back and do camps because, quite frankly, it's semi-disrespectful. But you see what Coach Austin's doing is just the same thing there, and that is coming back and reaching out and finding some of the guys. They mentioned Perry Wilder, who, even though he graduated a year ago, here he goes now, remaining to do what? The relationship. How many times did we hear that word, relationships, with Coach Austin, guys? Again, if you're listening out there, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the key the relationship, the communication, and the follow up. All three of those, Eugene, I don't care what level it puts you at, it gives you a thing called opportunity, and that's in college football, Eugene.
2: Yeah, you know, I love how he framed it, you know, what what they're selling. What they're selling is, you know, the education, uh, the opportunity to develop on the field, and what I love is, you know, the, the character building, the, the fact that he mentioned, you know, becoming great men and great future fathers, man. Um, you know, uh, a lot of time you get situations where – um they recruit you know colleges just recruit numbers either they want dudes you know to to score touchdowns or get tackles or they want dudes to be practicing dummies you know and and, you know whether you major in basket weaving or or you know engineering uh, you just kind of you got to get that feel sometimes uh we've been kind of around i don't want to call anybody out you kind of get that feel sometimes where it's about numbers um and then you get the feel from coaches that they genuinely care. You know, that they become that, that father figure for life, not just, the, you know, the four years uh, that you're on or five years that you're on campus. Uh, a lot of times, and no disrespect to any of the big schools, we love the big schools, uh, you do see that in sure. some of the smaller schools. I guess it is kind of a lot of them are found uh, in small towns and you kind of get that small town community. Uh, and I think that's a big pool uh, for kids in the state like South Carolina. Outside of Columbia, Greenville, uh, North Charleston, Mount Pleasant, you know or we'll just say the Charleston area, Columbia, and Spartanburg Greenville, most of the time it's smaller towns, even in Myrtle Beach, things are divided up into these little pockets, uh, and, and so a lot of kids just feel more comfortable with that, uh, so when they do leave, and you know for kids from the low country, you know I've made the drive through there several times. Uh, it's a good little haul. Uh, you know, you get up to Charlotte, you stay on 77, you cross over from Virginia, you stay in Virginia for a little bit, and then you hit that tunnel. As soon as you come out the tunnel on the other side, you know, welcome to uh, wild and wonderful West Virginia. is right there in front of your face. And, uh, you know, it's a good distance from home. So for the kids to have such a relationship and, and trust and faith uh, in Coach Austin, uh like that, you know, it says a lot. Plus, with him being a local guy, I think that's really helpful, too. You know, to kind of have somebody that gets it, knows where they're from, kind of knows, you know, uh, what they're about, or at least, you know, has something to relate. And it sounds like he's a very relatable guy, as well as someone who's, you know, going to expect things out of him, kind of hold him to the fire, kind of maybe mold him, maybe sharpen that iron a little bit sharper than, than what they had uh, growing up. Uh, you know, and that's where you see that transition from, you know, that big-eyed, Wild kind of 17, 18-year-old young man who, you know, goes on, becomes a college uh, graduate, you know, like you said, who's sitting there holding doors for for people and is very respectful, you know, with with a college degree, with an education, with an opportunity, kind of that maturity and physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, And, and you just love hearing that, and, you know, that's why there's so many you know, you guys like to tease me about so many teams that I like because I'm a fan of certain things. But I'm really just a fan of a lot of different things about each school. Now, I do have a favorite team, and that's the Florida Gators. But there are other things, you know, like uh, you know, like with Lenore Ryan and Coach Mike. Well, I've known Coach Mike since he was in at, at Notre Dame up in Cleveland. And I never would have thought I would have loved or enjoyed or couldn't wait to go back to the Cleveland area until I met him. Now. Right that school was in a small town outside of Cleveland, but you really never felt like you left the city because things are somewhat connected, but you really, you know, you really get to meet people and you get to know them. And that's why I think, you know, going forward, like you said, this is just the tip of the iceberg for them. You know, it's going to pick up more steam just because look at the head coaches that he named that he's either played with or, or studied under just in this area. And, you know, we've said it a a lot on this show. There's so many kids coming out of this area that are just slept on just because, you know, we learned because of the travel um, expenses for for programs and not being associated with a major, you know, like in Atlanta or Charlotte or even, you know, the Columbia or or the Greenville-Spartanburg area that's kind of a cut through in between. Um, So, you know, with him being able to pick up a phone, trusting uh, Johnny Waters, when Johnny Waters says, hey, I got a guy. Now, he's going to trust Shawnee Waters. He's not going to have to spend, you know, an $800 plane ticket to come see a kid at practice. He can see some film, and then he's going to trust Coach Waters. He's going to, you know, trust a lot of these coaches, and they're going to trust him that they're going to send a guy to him he's going to be taken care of. They're going to know when that financial aid package is put together on that sheet. There's no, like, hidden numbers or asterisks and things like that. And there's going to be that relationship. So, I think going forward, uh, you might start seeing that whole, you know, the 843 to the, you know, to the area code. And I can't remember what it is right there in that area, but you know, to that area, because it's a, it, it's a, it's a great relationship. And while there's a many, many miles apart, honestly, it's only two ropes and that right. highway 26 to 77. And like I said, as soon as you come out the tunnel, I remember seeing the uh, the interstate signs because you got, you pass Roanoke and all that, you know, for Virginia. And like I said, you go through the tunnel and you'll see the blue field. And you go keep going up and there's the FBI base and stuff like that. So it's a pretty neat area, too. And I, I just – an area that I love. I love the mountains. You and I have talked about it. That's a place that I hope to move to um, when, when my kids are done with school here in the low country. And, you know, it, it's, it's a great, great opportunity for a coach like him who grew up here as well uh, to branch out. He went to college here and now he's coaching it in a state that's a couple of states over a whole different type of geography, different type of kids different type of atmosphere you know I think it's going to see you're going to see him blossom as well uh, having that experience and again all these type of relationships
1: yeah no doubt there and of course uh, Eugene yeah, great point, you great points man I could go through about nine different topics there that you were able to kind of cover there and, and agree with about everything you had to say because here's the thing. Here's the thing, and we say this on every show that we have, and that is that the 843, because of where we are on this side of the interstate, is in order. And when you put things in order and you start to put everything to where it is, that somehow we're not on that corridor that gets you in between Atlanta and Charlotte, that could land you in Greensville or it could land you in Columbia. So when you see a coach like Coach Alston coming in here doing what he's doing with Bluefield State, that is an amazing conversation. And we've got other coaches that are going to be joining us here in some of the smaller schools like Shepherd University. You know, uh, these schools that, that have opportunities for our young athletes to continue to play the game of college football and to me, and built this platform, I understand a lot of things. But what I do understand the most is that the relationship is where it begins at. All right? So you heard him say that on numerous occasions. And, again, we go back to the conversation. You heard him say this. We are teaching these young boys to be grown men, eye contact, and and so on and so forth. So for me, those are the conversations that, um, you know, I look forward to. And uh, we'll wait. We'll see uh, what's happening on that level. Let's head over to the 937. I believe that's my big guy, Tim, who was hanging out with us here tonight and uh, from the Ohio State. Now he's an Oklahoma guy and he does a great job covering the Big 12 on uh, many avenues. But Tim, good evening. Welcome back to Southern Sports Central, buddy.
4: Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, not as quite of a, a long time no see, but, you know, hey, it's, it's kind of <laughs> cool to get back in the groove of coming on here talking with you.
1: Man, it's always a pleasure, buddy. to get you back in here hanging out with us. Hey, did you know? Here's a did you know. Did you see, did you know, or did you read that the streaker made $374,000 last night? It only costed them a $1,000 of bail money to get out?
4: I did, no, I didn't know that. Uh, dude, <laughs> maybe, maybe I got to take my hand up in that.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. He, you know, everybody was like, you know, you heard the breakdown of the guy, you know, and I thought that the guy from CBS did a great job giving us the breakdown from the fifty to the to the one, and he just barely missed the end zone. But realistically, I think he landed in the end zone once he got bailed out for a thousand bucks. But man, you know, Eugene sure. even said that the the players last night didn't even make three hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. So uh, I can imagine Nike, Reebok, or Adidas or somebody's going to give him some a shoe deal when it's all said and done.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: there you go, man. There you go. You know, he was wearing nothing but his, uh, but his. You know, wearing when you're wearing nothing but your shoes. I mean, whatever brand. I mean, you know, roll with it, right? <laughs>
1: hey, and he was
4: rolling through, man. And not only did
1: he rolled in between two. I mean, again, I begin. I we joke about it. And Eugene and I were talking earlier. I, I think the leading rusher for the Chiefs last night had like sixty-five, sixty yards or something. That dude easily picked up seventy-five on one carry, and he also got between two. Tacklers and made it almost to the uh, to the end zone before he was actually targeted by the uh, by the police officer who finally took him down. But I believe uh, there was definitely a call on that one as well.
4: That's funny. No man, uh, speed of the Super Bowl is that not a shocking uh, result? I I certainly didn't see. I mean, I I could see the Bucks winning. I I didn't see that result coming. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, 31-9, you know,
1: I, I really thought I, – I expected Tim it to be a, a – a, actually a little higher than 31 for Tampa. Actually, I think I had the score, Eugene, 49-38 or, or something to that effect. I think I gave 38 points yeah. to, to Mahomes and them. But, but they, look, they, they took the deep ball away from Mahomes, and, and the small ball never took effect across the middle. They tried a couple times with yeah. Kelsey across the middle. And he was dropping just like the guys in the second back in the back were dropping. But, you know, Mahomes did everything he could and, honestly, uh, I think impressed a lot
4: of people even more than he did the year before
1: when he actually won the Super Bowl.
4: You You know, I always find narratives and things kind of funny. By the way, Patrick Mahomes, despite him not really having a great game yesterday, absolutely deserves the benefit of the doubt, of course, you know, based on what he's done. I mean, he, he, you know, he's on an arc that, you know, is impossible. (laughs) I mean, what he's doing is crazy. Uh, The only thing I've seen crazier is this guy named Tom Brady. But, (laughs) you know, in terms of just successes, but Brady's – but Mahomes deserves absolutely every benefit of the doubt. But I do think it's funny, the narratives that we have for different players and different quarterbacks. Um, I certainly know one in Cleveland – um that if he had a performance in a stout line like that, you know, a certain guy on the Fox uh, sports network might have uh might have, you know, taken a shotgun, pulled him out of bed and, and ended his life right there right there, you know, on the spot. So it's uh it's uh, it's interesting, you know, what we do for different guys, you know, Deshaun Watson's situation, it's quite interesting the narratives for him. Um, you know. You can be a top five quarterback and lose twelve football games. You know, make believe that he doesn't have very good receivers when he has a top ten duo and Fuller and Cooks. Say his offensive line stinks when they're ninth in uh, when they're ninth in uh, pass block uh, win rate. But but anyway, I I, I digress. I don't want to get too far off the thing. But yeah, no, that <laughs> the big difference to me in that Super Bowl was uh, first of all it's hard to it's hard to not talk about the officials because that first half was awful. Um, but the, the the really the big difference was, you know, no tackles for the Chiefs, and it clearly affected the game. I mean, 38 pressures, a Super Bowl record, against Mahomes, and also a Super Bowl record on the other end. Only four pressures against Brady. That's that's really the difference in that game, for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and, and we looked at the numbers. Uh, I, I believe the defense for. Kansas City comes in like ranked 16th or 17th, and, and, and then on the other side of the offense for Tampa came in like six or seven. So, for me, you know, that, that right there kind of told the story coming into this thing and and the preparation for, for trying to account for, even though Brown didn't have – Antonio Brown only had, what, five receptions for maybe 20-so-plus uh, yards. Mm-hmm. He still had to be accounted for on the field. But, right. you know, for me – it was the, the first two punches in the end zone with going back to who you know best, and that is Gronk. Man, Gronk was open and, and rolling through the end zone. And one thought that he pushed off, but nowhere near, he just left the guy in his shoes on the back right side of the end zone and then just cut back towards the other direction. But to me, I thought Gronk kind of came alive in Green Bay and carried that energy all the way back to his own backyard. What did you think of a guy like Gronk who may or may not retire? I haven't heard any news out of his camp.
4: So D- Gronk was absolutely incredible last night. I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, you know, he broke the logjam early cuz it was kind of a crusty, really weird looked ru- like it looked like both teams were kind of rusty offensively at the very beginning of the game. And uh, you know, Gronk made a couple of huge plays and uh w- you you could make a pretty sound argument, you know, you could make the argument that he he could have been MVP, but uh, you know, Gronk's having a lot of fun right now. Uh, you can just tell. Um, he he even stated at one point that this was the most talented team he's ever played on. Hard to argue against that. This team is absolutely loaded at every level. And if suddenly their defensive backfield is going to be as good as it was in this playoff run, I mean, there's no weaknesses on that team. They can punt the football. They can kick field goals. Um, you know, they, they can create pressure. They have the best linebacking core in the league. Devin White is an absolute freak. And then, you know, we've always liked their safeties, you know, and bunting and, uh, and uh, oh, my gosh, Antoine Winfield, Jr., uh, really good player out of Minnesota, a rookie. Uh, and, you know, we had questions, though, about their corners. I mean, heck, remember the first time they played the Chiefs? I mean, Tyreek Hill put up, like, a record amount of fantasy points in one quarter on them. I think he had, like, ten catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns in a quarter on them last time they played. So, uh, just looking at, like, the improvement that they made on the in the defensive side and a lot of things that people don't notice. Um they played a lot of man coverage. This is a zone team. They played so much man in the postseason. They were so aggressive. Um and it and it paid off for them. And I mean you have to be though, right? I mean w- when you get a slate of quarterbacks, you know, Drew Brees, who obviously wasn't himself with all those injuries. You know, Aaron Rodgers who is the M V P of the league this year without question. And then you have to play Mahomes like of course, you're going to have to be more aggressive and take chances, but holy cow, I mean, could you draw it up any better? I mean, they they were fantastic all throughout it, forcing turnovers on all three of those quarterbacks. Legends, multiple on Mahomes and yeah. Breeze. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those three are all all first ballot Hall of Famers. I mean, Mahomes could get struck by lightning tomorrow and Ethan, he's in Canton in five years too. I mean, th- those guys are just unreal. They're a different level.
1: Now, great segue as we're hanging out with Tim. He's our connection, by the way, uh, and he's been MIA for just a little while, but we brought him back to life uh, last week, and here he is jumping in with us here tonight. Uh, Again, it covers not only the college level, but to hear statistics on the NFL side is uh, as impressive, if not more. But you mentioned Hall of Famers, man. What was your thought of the Hall of Fame class that got in this year? A lot of first-timers getting mentioned and getting in all in the same – Stroke of the pen there. What is yeah. your uh, your your overall thought to that class?
4: I think they took too long in their decision to put Manning in. I, I heard it took thirteen seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know that's disrespectful, man. I mean, that's crazy. Um, but no, just, in all in all seriousness, every single one of those guys absolutely deserved a shot in there. But I want to give a special shout out to Drew Pearson because that man, mm. he's an all decade player, and it took so long to get him in. And it's a travesty that it took as long as it did but i'm glad that he got in and he's alive to see that he got in awesome i'm so happy for drew pearson uh him and roger Staubach hooked up on what was the first hail mary in history i'm not sure if you guys were aware of that it was in the nfc championship game um and they were playing fran tarkenton and the uh in the minnesota vikings and they were down uh they were down and they were around the 50 yard line and Sawback took back, he he threw it deep, and Pearson came down with it. And, you know, uh, it was dubbed the Hail Mary then because the announcers, that's what they said, Hail Mary, you know, it's kind of crazy, you know, it's a thrown up of prayer. And uh, and that was where the the term was coined. Um, You really can't tell the story of the NFL without talking about the play known as the Hail Mary. And uh, you certainly can't talk about the play, you know, you can't talk about the Hail Mary without thinking the captain comeback and Drew Pearson himself who – the original 88 down in Dallas, you know, such a great tradition of 88 there for the Cowboys. And uh, I'm so glad that Pearson made it in. I mean, he absolutely deserved it in every way. And uh, I was worried that he wouldn't make it before he passed. So I'm, I'm I'm certainly glad that he made it in specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. Because I'm going to tell you the hardest thing uh, before I get you out of here, and I'll tell you this there, Tim, is that the thing I hate is when you see the family having to receive the, the you know, all the things that go with it, the jacket, the, you know, the signature things that come with getting into Hall of fame not just football, I'm telling you in general, you you want to recognize them while they're alive. You know, I always say that, you know, give me my flowers while I'm living. Don't wait until I die to go to my funeral. A, look in the box and see if I'm in there. B, drop a bunch of things that I can't see. All right? Get it to me it was while definitely I'm here sad to or see. just wait yeah. and give it somebody else.
4: good yeah No, it was sad to see what happened with Kobe. Obviously, cir- different circumstances, but – uh. I was certainly looking forward to Kobe Bryant's uh, you know, Hall of Fame speech mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm glad that they didn't waste time and they just put him in after what happened, uh, you know, impact that he had on on basketball. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, it's way better, you know, to to see these guys when they're living receive the award, you know, that the sacrifices that these players have to go through to play to play any sport at this level is um I, I don't think that an average person can realize, you know, just how much work that they have to put in because you know quite frankly a lot of us are very 9 to 5 oriented and uh you know we 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 clock in and we clock out and maybe we you know we put our all in other you know parts of our life which i'm not saying you shouldn't do that so don't take it the wrong way but you know we don't focus maybe on our work the way that some of these pro athletes do these guys that ended up in the hall of fame are Workaholics, you know, a lot of times they Mm. they've sacrificed a lot of things to, you know, entertain us literally. And so certainly uh, you want to recognize a crazy amount of dedication because certainly they can't take get that time back that they spent perfecting their craft, you know, just for us to watch them on TV.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you 100 percent. Tim, Unless you and
4: I catch up off the air, I'm going to say this, man, you know,
1: I've got opportunities for you. Love to sit down and let's talk about it. Man, you do a great job on the social media world, man. And I feel like we may have a spot for you here in the family circle here. So, my friend, uh, thanks for reaching out tonight, man. Hope you and the family are well. And I can't wait to catch up with you here real
4: soon. Absolutely, man. Hey, appreciate you having me on.
1: Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Big 10 checking in. Usually the Big 12 is the conversation, but tonight, oh, tonight it's all NFL talk. But. Right? We'll take a quick break. I believe we're going to be heading uh, to talk to a young man up in Aiken, if I'm not mistaken. So don't go anywhere because he is heading somewhere as well to play some college football, and it's a little close to the studio. We'll talk to him. And uh, who was that? Well, Phillip Collins. Going to be right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central on a roll, guys.
8: Ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse And the uptown road I'm gone ride till I can't no
5: more I got the horses in the bag Horse stock is attached Head is mad at black Got the bushes black to match Riding on a horse You can whip your Porsche I've been in a valley You ain't been up off that forest Now nah, can't nobody tell me
1: Welcome back, to everybody. I'm in alongside Eugene But You can find us, follow us, and hang out with us on social media. At SO Sports Central on Twitter, Southern Sports Central on Facebook. And right now, we're live on Block Talk Radio with a big man, and he's taking his talent to the low country all the way from Aiken, South Carolina. Aiken High School, class of 21. He'll be doing that defensive thing over there with the Dale of the Citadel. Philip Collins joins us. Of up, Mr. Philip, how's life? Over in
5: Aiken, uh, it's going well. I mean, like, with COVID and
1: everything, I'm living good, <laughs> living good, signing deals and making things happen, my man. Congratulations! And uh, last week, uh, you did that, man. Hey, you get the hashtag that and live it, man. And uh, Aiken today, Citadel tomorrow, man. What's it like knowing that you're not only getting ready to go play some some, some amazing college football, bro, but you're about to get an education a ring, a piece of paper, man. You're about to get something that you never, I thought, ever would uh, – would thought this day was actually going to become a reality with all this COVID talk, huh?
5: Well, for sure. Like, I just – I can't wait to get there, to be honest with you. Like, I just want to play against, like, you know, the, the bigger talent you always hear about and stuff and playing those big games on TV so my, everybody can see me back home. So, it's always a dream. I
11: love every bit.
1: Following the dream, making history, and uh, hanging out with us here tonight on Southern Sports Central. Well, first of all, as we did last week, and we know it's hard to get all of you guys in, and we want to open this door to you. When you get here, we look forward to watching you because we're not too far from the field over there where you'll be doing some big things on some uh, Saturdays and any other day that you boys are suiting it up and playing ball over there at the Dell. But, you know, we are very proud of you on and off the field and in the classroom because, again, you can be the greatest football player in the world, young man, but the one thing I know about the Citadel, I've got a lot of family members who went through that program in the athletic world as well, and that is character. you got to have that number one. you got to have the grades. That's right there. I, I don't say it's number one or two, two together, and, and you got to have the right personality to fit the things that they do over there at the Citadel, man, so congratulations. But you had a lot of offers. You had a lot of opportunities, man. What it made the Citadel – the place that you wanted to call home for the next three
5: to five years, Philip. Uh, it was it was a it was really a big decision. Like I mean, but really, more, like the main thing about it was like I don't know. Like I'm used to, I guess you could say structure. I guess you could say like, I mean, my parents aren't strict, but you know, I'm used to like this is this a little structure or something. So like, I really mm-hmm. like enjoyed that about the Citadel. And then like what else? I mean. It was it was really like a home feeling, like it's it's close to um, like close near my uh house. Well, not close close, but like an hour, hour and a half away. And then you know what
1: I said when I went to South Carolina, brother. I said I was far enough away but close enough to get home when I needed to to get me a home cooked meal. Man, That's kind of the way I looked at it. How about you, bud? it. I mean, can't go wrong with a home cooked meal, you know. Yeah, you'll miss it more than you know, trust me, especially when you're up there doing the things that you guys get to do, not have to do, but you you get to do. Let's talk a little bit about you, man. Uh, For those who haven't seen your film, and I've had the chance, Eugene and all of us here at Southern Sports Central on the network have have watched you do some things uh, in and around Aiken. But how big are you, man? Give us your position. It says defensive tackle, but where all are you looking to play at the next level? But your weight, your height, and your bench press, man, what do you got going on?
5: Uh Well, I bench 4'5", I'm six foot and I weigh 270 pounds.
1: 270, I like that, man. So you're a big fella, man. Are you looking to play in that same position that you did in high school? Are you looking to carry that with you in college, or what are they telling you uh, at the next level? Where do they want to see you at? Oh, for sure, like I'll be a nose guard or
5: defensive tackle. So we're well, a
1: nose guard, defensive
5: tackle. Maybe play a little in, depending. So I really – I just got to – Get in where I
1: fit in once I get there. Now, when you get there, you're gonna do a little thing called education, man. You're just playing for football while you're getting this education. What What, what are you looking at the, to major in? Have you thought about it? Have you kind of put a finger on something in a direction to go in the classroom?
5: Oh yes, sir. I want to be a physical therapist. So, like, also right now, I'm getting my like barbering license. Like, I'm cutting hair, so that's another thing on the side I would be doing. But, um. Yeah, just physical therapy. Like, it's a seven-year degree, but hey, you've been in school this long, might as well keep going. Hey, you've
1: been doing it for 12. with another seven and cutting hair along the way to pay for it, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Uh, you know, and you can't ever uh, – I tell you what, there's not enough great barbers out here, man, so I'm looking forward to you coming down here, and I'll let you cut mine and Eugene's here. I'll let you be our official barber down here at Southern Sports Central. Man, that's good stuff. Brother. I'm glad to have you on I'm tonight sure. to have a chance to get Aiken on the board here, man. Uh, how, how many seniors uh, were in your class this year, buddy? And what record did you guys finish off with this uh, past season?
5: Well, this year with COVID and everything, like, we only played four games. But, like, I went one and three this year. So, I mean, it was – it was like, the first, first game was real close that we lost. Like, we lost to Airport. And then, like, we lost to Lawrence and North Augusta. But, um – Oh, but my seniors. Oh, um, we had a a slight I guess you could say it was a small class of seniors, but everybody signed I think except two. Like the rest are going to Augusta prep prep school, so still trying to play, I guess you could say, division one ball or just play somewhere what? in general.
1: Now, of course, uh, Philip, you graduate being a part of this special class of 21, man, and I cannot tell you how proud we are of you for not only starting something, but finishing this, and, and also for all the memories and the things that you left us on the lights of Friday nights, man. I mean, I can only imagine, and we're going to get into some traditions over there at Aiken, so uh, be prepared to answer that when coming up here in a little bit, man, but you know, the biggest thing I tell you guys, when you graduate, it's not over yet, and that means loving on the people that helped move you through that system the four years and even before. You know, I encourage you guys to go back to your little, you know, know, whether it be the Pee Wees or the Satomas or whatever they call that youth program over there. Stay involved over there, but make sure when you guys aren't playing on a weekend and you're back up in Aiken, make sure that Friday night for the three, four, five, whatever years, you're going back over there. Let these kids see you in that Citadel gear. Give them something to visualize, to chase, something to, Go after, man, because, again, you know, you did what you did with a one-in-three record. So, if anybody can tell anyone about anything, it is if you put in the work, you'll get to go in the direction you want to go, and you've proven that with only four games and one-in-three record kind of tells the story of how much work you've put in, man. So, congratulations. But what is a big tradition over there with you guys on Friday nights, man? What would stand out if I came and watch you guys play that you guys do as a tradition either before the game? Rascal
5: again for that night. Tradition, tradition. Um, man, that's a that's a great question. Cause all right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest with you, okay? <laughs> we only won like i in my whole high school career. I only won two games. But I mean, but with tradition wise, like I can't say like we have. I guess you could say the best. Faculty and staff and uh, support wise, cause I mean, like, oh yeah, but like my man, hold on. My thing is like, since my name like Philip Collins, like anytime I make a yeah. play or anything, you know, like the singer Phil Collins, yeah, like yeah, they'll hit little, they'll be like dun 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 da 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 and then it be, it be it be real, it be real funny and real like,
1: I mean, I guess you
5: say real nice. Well, those are
1: the things, and I'm going to tell you something, Philip. When you go back and look at it 20 years from now, or even plus, of course, I've been out of school for a long time, and Eugene, of course, as well, but we, you, know, you always remember the, the smell of the grass. You always remember the locker rooms, man. They don't oh, ever yeah. change. I don't know what it is, man. Those are the things. It's even, you know, when you guys were on the road, and, and maybe you lost a game or two on the road, it was that long bus ride home, man, that you really bonded more on that one than maybe you did on the wins, man, because you had – so much on your mind and you guys were trying to figure it all out and, and you kind of got back in the locker room and you had a lot of conversations and you made a lot of memories, you made a lot of friends and these are everlasting friends. These are guys and and, and people that you'll run into down the road and you'll be back in Aiken going, man, you remember what happened in 2021? We didn't think we were going to play in 2020, but we did. And man, and we might not have won them all, but we sure did leave it all on the field, man. So I'm excited to hear, you know, uh, the next chapter, uh, of, of course, uh, where you get a chance to go and do your big things. Of course, uh, we're going to be following you, Phillip, and we wish you nothing. But the best of luck, congratulations on signing with the Citadel. And, uh, again, as always, this is your show, man. Anytime you get a chance, we'd love to have you come on and talk some football with us, big guy. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the big man checking in all the way from where's that? Well, you don't have to look too far. Aiken High School, over in Aiken, South Carolina, defense and tackle, Heading to the Dell. He'll be signed. well, he signed last Wednesday. He'll be getting in there early, I would imagine, uh, in, in the first semester coming into the up season. And, of course, I can't wait to see what he does at, at that level. But you see the, the picture of him. Uh, we'll hopefully get that out on Twitter that he, uh, again, big size. Uh, you can tell that he's got the, the and all of his huddles that I was able to watch. He's got all the the, the makes of being a big-time Saturday afternoon, grab your popcorn type of football
2: player in college football, Eugene. Yeah, he's taking that strength, man. Did you hear that bench press? This guy could uh, move a bulldozer. I'm sure there's a uh, the Citadel uh, line <laughs> sure coaches are going to enjoy having him uh, pushing people around, especially when it's members of the other team. Yeah, he, he's going to do some big
1: things, and I can't wait to watch him. And again, for. For all of these guys who signed on Wednesday and the girls who signed, whether they play football or any sport, again, we echo this again. That We say congratulations. Job well done. Again, you know, you heard him say this, and here's the thing that I love about getting these young athletes in here, Eugene, is you heard Philip mention, well, I've been going to school for 12 years with another seven. That's the attitude you want. That's the kind of kid that you want to put on, you know, your payroll, you want to put into your plan of getting things accomplished because he's not looking at it as, oh, God, i got to go to school for seven more years. No, he's like, look, I'm going to cut some hair. I'm going to cut some tail on the football field. I'm going to grab me some education, and I'm going to bring back me some paper to my family to watch this college degree but put on somebody's wall. So that's the type of attitude that I love to hear. And you can just hear he, he's very humble right off the rip. You can tell this about him. He's a big dude, but he sounds like he's a big dude with a big heart. But don't get in his way, as Eugene just mentioned. This kid will move mountain bulldozers—you name it—he's moving it over there, and he's gonna be doing it soon in, in in Charleston over there at the Bell.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering they if they already have, have a
1: team. Go
2: ahead. I was—I wonder if they already have a team barber there at the uh the Citadel. You know, it seems like that's kind of a thing. Everybody, every team has a has has a dude ha, has a guy that shows up with the Clippers. And uh, no matter whether it's uh, game week or travel week or whatnot, I mean, look at uh, the University of South Carolina facilities and the new uh, uh, football operations building. They got those nice barber chairs. And I know they do have a barber come in. But like I said, I've been to a bunch of schools, you know, on on visits and whatnot. And there's always they always have that one cat, man, that always comes with the clippers and uh, seems to be everybody's buddy come Friday afternoon when everybody's trying to get fresh and clean to go out on Friday night or or Saturday night after the game, or whatnot. So, uh, maybe he'd be that guy. I tell you, if uh, they don't have a barber and he comes in bringing his uh, his clippers and his uh, his backpack full of gear, he's gonna make some friends real quick. Uh, I know when they do finally get some time from the citadel to kind of uh, take that what they call leave, uh, you know, and a lot of the guys, you know, especially the ones that, that are you know not from around here, they definitely stay in Charleston and uh, check out the sceneries and. Some of the uh, the the fair ladies over at the College of Charleston, and some of the food and stuff. So uh, he might make a lot of friends real quick, like if he can uh, master the shears and uh, get get guys uh, cleaned up uh, to head out when they finally get those leave passes.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with. They can't wait to catch up with the big man, and, and again, to have the opportunity to talk to these athletes, guys. Look, it's it's the reason that, that I put this whole thing together. You know, uh, many years back, as I thought to myself, look, I can read about them. I can watch them on highlights. I can do a lot of things, but to listen to their voice, to hear their passion, to hear their story, their testimony, to know where they came from, right? So not only where they're going to, but where they are right now. I mean, they even did it just moments ago on 730 with uh, Coach Richard Austin, who, of course, is now the running back coach over at Bluefield State. That's, of course, in West Virginia and of course he grew up here right down the road from the studios over at Goose Creek played at Goose Creek went to of course uh, Newberry and he's had uh, a storyline building ever since but he has his story just like you just heard about Phillip's story and uh, we continue to get all of these kind of coming in it's, tonight's been kind of a special night we talked a lot of super bowl we talked about NFL we don't always talk NFL here on Southern Sports Central but this is the low, this is the road again i bet if we would have asked him I bet Philip would have said, yeah, I, I want to play in the NFL. I would imagine that's usually the goal, especially for these guys that are going to college. And I always tell them, don't say if, use the word when. We speak things into existence on this show, and I will say that for that big man, and hopefully he'll be a guy that we'll watch in on a Sunday night during the Super Bowl doing some big things like you saw last night with a ton of talent all around. Again, the, the, the Hall of Fame uh, having a lot of first-timers in, I thought was big. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. You get Megatron. I can tell you the first time I ever met Megatron was right here in Somerville. AJ Green came here and did his camp, and he had uh, Stefan Gilmore along with a ton of great, talented athletes from all over the board and all over the field in different positions. But one of those guys was Megatron. He showed up here in a five star uh, automotive that, of course, got all the attention from any young person, an old person that you could imagine. And, uh, you know, sat there, he and I were having some conversations and uh, just down to earth and humble and just a good, amazing conversation. But, you know, I'd love to have a chance to get him on. But just like I mentioned with, uh, you know, all those guys that made the, the list here, you heard Tim mention the guy who, of course, uh, historically, you know, uh, you know, it, it was part of one of the big Hell Mary plays, right? I mean, that to me is something that we may not know if it wasn't for one of our listeners just chiming in and wanting to be a part of our show here tonight. And of course, You know, the guy that's on my bucket list to get on this show is definitely Kate Manning, not only because of what he does on the football field, but could you imagine a guy like him with his personality? I mean, he's hosted Saturday Night Live more than some comedians have. I mean, that guy has got some pretty serious, funny talent on and off the field, and he's one of those guys that I just feel like, you know, if nothing else, he should be the one going around the University of Tennessee just recruiting athletes because I don't think he would have many kids tell him no, Eugene.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. And that's why I said, you know, a guy like him or even if they had hired um Eric the Enemy, you know, those guys come in and they're just so transcendental from here's still people our age that remember them playing um in college. And you know, if and we have kids that are in high school that would be potential recruits. So if a guy like Peyton Manning calls your kid and tells you, Hey, you know, I want to come over for dinner, I wanna have my home at home with you you are opening the door. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're going to have the house clean. The kids, you know, everybody's going to be straight. Everybody's going to be dressed like – I mean, you know, it's just such an honor. And, and I always wonder you know, why a lot of these guys, and I guess they're at the point in their career where they want to possibly, you know, maybe check out of the sport and do something different with their life. But, um, you know, I, I just – I see that it's such a an advantage for schools to get a guy like that because the young guys are going to remember them playing in the NFL – towards the end of their career where they were so successful and have, you know, championships and things like that. Uh, and then guys like us still remember, you know, the college days and, and the entirety of, the, of their career. I mean, imagine if Michael Jordan was coaching basketball at UNC and he was on a recruiting right. call. What kid isn't going to answer the phone? What parent isn't going to respond to right. a text right. or an email? You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, and I get it. He's with the, you know, he has a professional team. But a guy like that, that, uh you know, had coach, you know, if, if he were the coach or an assistant at UNC, he even as a swan song, it would just pay dividends in the recruiting for that school. It would just be unreal. I mean, the guy shows up wearing Jordans because he's Jordan. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, you're, you're going to get all the – Perks of everything, just being around someone like that. And then, of course, you're going to get the respect for, oh, you know, well, my coach was Michael Jordan. Same as Deion Sanders. I mean, right. it might be a day where Deion's coaching at Florida State. When that day comes, it's uh, I, I think the, a lot of the, especially the Florida schools, my beloved Gators included, uh, they're going to have a hard time uh, recruiting against the Deion Sanders, you know, with a power five type recruiting budget. And so yeah, well, let that's let something this, that though. we could we see? see, yeah.
1: You could see, but what about this? You saw what Miami did. Miami went and got one of their own. Now, he might not be the head coach, but I promise you his name on a on a stat sheet his name on a coaching sheet makes a big difference, you know, it, it, just to have him around the facility. Again, that's some of the things that we look at. Guys, this is something that came out, and I want to hit this before we get off the air because, again, we'll be back live, by the way, Wednesday night. Kicking off at 6 o'clock from 6 to 9. You want to chime in and check in and be a part of the show. We'd love to have you on there. Also, don't forget, tomorrow night, Everett Sands, part of the West Foundation Sports Show. He has got a stout guest list coming back in here tomorrow night. He does a great job as he's in our Columbia studios up there. Of course, he's a former running back for the Citadel Bulldogs, by the way. Nice connection there, as, uh, of course, uh, Philip would probably hear that name quite a bit in the football house. But also... Of course, he was a running back coach for the Gamecocks, NC State, Coastal, the University of Texas, San Antonio, and a few others along the way. But here now, he's part of uh, the uh, team at Southern Sports Central. So tomorrow night, West Foundation Sports Show, heard here and only here on Southern Sports Central, can be heard at 6 o'clock. Now, Eugene, not sure if you checked this out or not, but this was released about 627 tonight, 30 minutes or so after we got on the air. Miami Hurricanes in North Carolina – Uh, The Tar Heels basketball game is postponed after a party video surfaces. The reason I'm bringing this to the the forefront, gentlemen, is because you never know who's watching you, right? About two hours before a scheduled tip-off, Monday night men's basketball game between Miami and North Carolina and Chapel Hill was postponed, the ACC announced. The decision came hours after the Daily Tar Heel, North Carolina student newspaper, posted a Snapchat video that showed UNC standout De'Ron Sharp and Armand, I think it's Bokit, or Bokit, partying without mask on, along with other young people also aren't wearing masks, on Saturday's UNC 9187 win over Duke. Now, the whole reason of saying that, not to call out anybody, but to let you know this, social media is by all means can be an amazing, positive, very uh, huge tool for you to get a, to get noticed and to get opportunities. But as you see in a situation like this, you're talking to two guys that all but shut down an entire opportunity for who knows who might have had a double-double, who might have had the dunk of all dunks, who might have done something at the buzzer beater that got them on Sports Center and got them recognized by the NBA to be drafted, it's a lot bigger than just a moment that you're in. Guys social media has become something that I can tell you this: is that they don't just go to your resumes anymore. Oh no, they go to your social media. They don't care about your references. Oh no, They go to your social media. You may delete it, but trust and believe it's still there. There's ways to find out. We're going to have a guy with us next week on the air that played football in college, that got drafted and was asked a question, something he did all the way back in seventh grade, maybe even sixth or eighth grade, but somewhere in the middle school era that surfaced as he was going through his NFL questionnaires from a Indianapolis Colt coach. We'll have him on next week only to do this, to show you that, look, remember what you do today because it will be the same questions that you're asked about tomorrow. Guys, I can tell you this over and over again, and maybe we haven't, on this point, Eugene, as much as we need to, and we're going to offer something, and we'll release that here at a later date to get out to these schools and get out to these teams and to help you guys with your ability to understand the power of social media and how hard you make it on yourselves by hitting the send button, by going outside something that you shouldn't even do. Not everything needs to be told to everybody, and again, I've seen this more than anywhere. I'm not sure Eugene, where it becomes, and I think Eugene's doing this, but I see at least, but where I'm seeing you guys sitting there on social media flipping off the camera, there's nothing cute about that. quite frankly, it's the it's a huge hit in your character. Guys, little things to you could be a big thing to a recruiter, and it could be a big thing to your character. Continue to think about that through we go out these hard times as you're seeing some of the best kids in the in South Carolina. And I'm talking, I know one young man who's got at least three years in a row of over 1,000 yards rushing on the ground. And if he could not find a way to land on a Power 5 campus, that shows you how hard it is to get in a Power 5 campus at certain positions. Guys, it's just not easy. So don't make it harder on yourself. Guys, the other thing I want to hit on before we get off the air is let's clean up it up. Season's over for you guys in football, minus some of you guys, of course, are doing your workouts. Some of you guys are doing 707s. But as far as your high school, where they, I really honestly feel like that's where you're going to get the most attention from these high school coaches. That's where you college coaches are going to, okay? That's who they're talking to as your high school coach. Let's put that up there as well. But let's spring clean our social media. Let's make sure that on your Twitter handle it's your first and your last name. Don't get creative because coaches don't have time to dissect the name. They're not going to spend 30 minutes looking for you. They're spending three, then they're going to the next guy, and then the next guy. Also, make sure you got your information in there. Eugene said something a while back, and I want to echo that. Guys, don't be afraid to share your grades. If you've got great grades, tweet that, hashtag that. That's what they want to see. They can watch film on you. They need to know that you can academically stay in the college that they're trying to bring you to. There's so many things here that Southern Sports Central can do for you, but it starts with you you've got to do for yourself, and that's one of the things you do, and I'll bring you in as we've got about seven minutes left of the show. But, again, we're going to get more into that as the football season starts to kind of slow down a little bit. We'll be hitting some camps coming up, and one of those, by the way, this weekend. We've got a big camp coming up here. As uh, you know, I know I sent you the picture of it. We can't wait to watch uh, the big men, by the way, get some work in. As, of course, uh, we'll be heading out to uh, Danny Jones this weekend on the 13th. And the 14th, now 12 o'clock on the 13th and 1030 on the 14th over at Danny Jones. That's 1455 uh, Monitor Street. We'll be over there with Coach Jackson as uh, he'll be doing some skill development with the big defensive line and some o line as well. It'll be a good time. It'll be an opportunity for you guys in the trenches to work it in and work it out. But, Eugene, as I let you get a few minutes in here, my friend, but we talk about cleaning up social media and using this as an opportunity to do some spring
2: cleaning. I agree 100. You know, it's you know, it, it is kind of frustrating, and that was some of the things that we had gone through and looked at. Was, you know, there are a lot of high school kids who have four and five stars, and there's just they they, they can retweet and tweet and like and all that a whole bunch of nonsense stuff that you know you kind of wonder if their coaches even either care or even follow that stuff. Well, they get signed, and, and they get tons of offers. And it's because of the four-star and five-star. But if you're a two-star dude, or even a three-star dude, or a dude that doesn't have stars, you know, especially with the transfer portal, they're not willing, you know, colleges aren't, coaches aren't willing to risk it. You know, a lot of them say, you know, the difference between, you know, a lot of schools, let's say, let's throw an example. I know this one because of Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a private institution. They're a power five school, in the ACC. They're in North Carolina. Uh, because they're a private school and then the ACC and all that, the value of your one year your four year scholarship totals with everything being a division one athlete, especially for football, is around four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. they don't want to risk giving four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a dude that's on the edge if you've got some junk on your social media you're just not worth it if they sign a four star and the four star doesn't work out it, it it's not a big a loss in the sense of. You know, coaches don't get fired. But if a coach misses on these guys, takes a flyer on a bunch of dudes that are, you know, I don't use the word thuggish or whatnot, but just got some, some stuff, you know, it, it's going to cost that person their job eventually. And they don't want to do that because, like one college coach said, for every guy that they miss or that they sign that uh, either fails out or has you know some other problems and, and has to leave school, they've missed on two. So not only did they miss that guy, they missed the other guys they didn't offer. So if you know, I want to say all players, even if you're a four and five star. But the reality of of the world we're in is, if you're one of those cats that's on the edge, you need to make sure you got a squeaky clean resume to make you stand out. Because if it comes down to we got a spot, there's you, you're a three star or two star. There's this other guy, three star, two star. You know, you got a three point seven GPA they have a three GPA, you got a better ACT score, or let's say you're all tied. Then they start looking at social media and they see some stuff on yours, maybe on Snapchat with your homies, drinking or partying or stuff like that. More than likely they're gonna go with the other cat just because it's a it's a less risk. Just by I mean, they're they're reasonable people and that's what they do. They're gonna deduce all the reasons why they should and all the reasons why they shouldn't put one on one side of the sheet, one on the other, and if you got more negatives than the other guy, they're going to take the other guy. So that's just one thing that, you know, we try to get out to these cats. And, you know, another thing, too, especially working with specialists, I understand that how hard it is to get in and how hard it is that they're looking for reasons not to sign you uh, or even give you a scholarship. I mean, a lot of the specialists get preferred walk ons but when you get a preferred walk-on, it's not like you have to come out your pocket to pay for everything. You're going to get some money. Now, if you're a student, you're a player, let's just throw a kicker in, for example, who has a 4.0 GPA, a 1,300 SAT score, you're going to, they'll find money for you. They'll find scholarship money, grant money, this, that, the other. There's creative ways to get you money, and hopefully you can you know, earn a scholarship in year two by your performance after you've been there. Also, the other thing that coaches are doing is they get bonuses, and this is what really matters to coaches besides winning and all the other stuff is money. They get bonuses based on team GPA. If you're a four o guy and they gotta have a linebacker that's a two five a two o guy, then that boosts the team GPA up to three. That might get them an extra hundred thousand dollars in their pocket, so you have a better chance of getting a roster spot. Not necessarily a scholarship, but a roster spot with great. Just because, again, sometimes that, that helps boost them in the wallet and everybody wins. You get an opportunity to play, they get a bonus. It's a win-win situation. The point, moral of the story is make yourself stick out in a positive way and get that opportunity. There you go, Eugene. dropping some knowledge, baby, as we're wrapping
1: up here on Southern Sports Central. The Lady Game says as you may or may not be following us on social media, With the points, the lead, they only have a few moments left. Hopefully they can pull it out. They are ranked number two in the country. We want to see these ladies continue to do what they did. They got shafted last year. Boy, they need to continue to do it this year so they can host up that trophy and represent the great state of South Carolina. Guys, it's been a great show. We'll be back live here on Southern Sports Central tomorrow night with, well, Everett Sands and the West Foundation from 6 to 9. Of course, Myself and Eugene will be back live on Wednesday night from six to nine. Thursday night we're going to go quiet, but then Friday morning from seven to ten, Brandon Bisco Bing will be doing his thing right here on Southern Sports Central and Sports Unlimited. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on Twitter at So Sports Central, guys. On behalf of all of us, to all of you, God bless, stay safe, and until
12: next time, stay classy. Three
1: claps. Twenty-seven. Years.
12: We're ready tonight, three claps, three claps, three claps. claps. Twenty-seven years ago, I sat in this locker room just like you guys, on a knee getting ready to play a game. I walked down the locker room, it still smells the same. It takes you back real quick. One of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys.
7: I, do something I never had an opportunity to do My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight.
12: That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But You just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that
8: you. Smell that fresh-cooked grass